feel terrible at this. Well, I mean, no, yeah. I think, it's no, I, think oh, I think Daniel knows. Daniel knows how it works. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Mike in space is saying that we successfully made him stare at a blank uh, YouTube screen for the last twenty minutes. So, Mike in space, welcome. <laughs> that, I know that you're there. Unless you stop staring. That's appropriate. Um, yeah. I. That's how you. That's how you build hype. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lesson. Everybody, we got everyone. We got everyone very excited. Uh, it's, uh, I think, oh, first of all, there's well, that's on them. I, I wouldn't be excited. Oh my God. You guys are making a weird echo loop as if it, as, uh, 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 oh my God. Is, is everything, is everything fine? Paul's, well, Paul's muted. Paul's muted himself. Everybody I, Paul's I, dead. Don't you hear this? Don't you hear a long echo loop? <laughs> no. No, oh, I hear myself. No, I don't hear anything. I think that you're listening to. I think Paul, what's happened is you have two. I think you have the YouTube open, and I think you have ah, this no, chat that, open. yes, that is that Paul? is what happened. That was that's. I've that used my I've used my so I've used my thinker and I thunk, and uh, <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure this is going on. <laughs> so you, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to meet the YouTube stream. Yeah, uh, okay, there we go. So a as, a seasoned, as a seasoned as a seasoned. There we go. Okay, and I thought that something strange was happening with um. Well, it was. It's that you're running the audio. Yeah. So that's good. So the, whatever viewer we had, we lost. I closed the window, so we lost it. That one viewer that was me. <laughs> and we, um, you can never trust people who are trying to act too competent and too <laughs> professional. Because that's suspicious. You're like the Noam Chomsky of audio, Paul. The Noam Chomsky of audio. It's, I, I'm, I have a universal grammar of... You're just really good at linguistics, but not really great at, at this. But you, you like, <laughs> <laughs> but you seem to have an opinion on this. There you go. <laughs> Let's see. I took your okay. notes. That was good. So that was good. So having um, Mike in space stare at a screen and having me um, think there was an echo, um, that's, that's kind of what we're aiming for. It's ruinous. Well, did you see the movie Poltergeist? No one saw that movie. Did you watch that movie? <laughs> I don't think so. So they spend a lot of time staring at a blank screen in that movie. There's a reason no one watched that movie. All right, Paul. I'm, I'm going I like to, Poltergeist. Do, do right? <laughs> I was going to say, like, is it how, many, four, how many stars do you give it out of four? Oh my god! Okay, I've got I've got the YouTube stream open. Dude, this is a very nice looking John Seth Smart. Fuck you, Mister One Two Three Four Cordy ASD. Oh my god, people are talking about. Yeah, Mike, about Mike in space says here. Well, if these guys ever show up, you can always catch their crazy antics on Bitcoin Car Talk. I'm here. Sounds fine to me. Okay, Mike in space is there, so that's good. We okay, have one listener. Yeah, well, that's really all. I mean, he's Canadian, so. Paul, you have four hundred subscribers. Did you pay for them? No. Oh. I don't know. They must be from the drive chain video, though. The I was, one that everyone liked. I was just thinking, like, we'd probably have like 400 Bangladeshis watching. That would be funny. Well, there's 400 subscribers. There's only like zero viewers. So there's 14 watching now. Oh you don't even God. know what you're talking about. Well, one oh, of them is me. One of them is you. One of them might be Daniel. We. Uh, I closed. <laughs> I closed mine. <laughs> so that that one's no longer double counted. Um, if you want, I can tell some jokes and drive them away. Okay. Yeah. Let's. Um. No, how many? How many Bitcoiners does it take to change a light bulb? Oh man! How many bitcoins does it take to fork a light bulb? <laughs> well, you would have to, you would have to design a new blockchain first, right? Uh, so, everyone, I'm glad you're here. 18 people watching. I think now is the appropriate time to announce my new ICO. Uh, <laughs> 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 so, catch on a, 
Time to exit scam on that reputation you've been built up to, I, built up to 18. I, I, I think it was 18. <laughs> Finally, now that it wasn't enough. I like that exit scam yeah. on a reputation. That's that's a good one. <laughs> I'm um, going to uh, I'm going to use that on on anybody who is actually trying to build a reputation. Yeah. I'm just going to claim that yeah, they're about exit right. scam. They, exactly. What are they planning with that reputation? Yeah, I, like safety. What are they planning with that? <laughs> every what do every, they want? We should give make people get like a permit for a reputation. Daniel, you're yeah. you're a nice you're a nice guy, but what are you doing with those books next to you? You're trying to pretend like you love Stephen King reading or something like that. No, I, oh I'm God, really just look at, to, look at that fucking show you stack of Stephen King books. No, I, yeah, I'm reading three Stephen King books right now. I'm reading well, then, um, Needful Things and The Dead Zone and um, and Duma Key. Is this is what's this book stack? Is this just is this just the the stack of books you've read your entire life? No, this is just what I'm reading now. <laughs> <laughs> ten, 10 books. That's that's impressive. <laughs> well, you know, I'm I'm very unimpressive at all kinds of other things. <laughs> but as far as like uh, holding holding several stories in my mind at the same time, like I can do that. And in fact, I get bored if if I'm not doing that. So that's why I have to read many many books at the same time. I, I've been reading the Gulag Archipelago, and that thing is so depressing that I have to stop every like twelve pages and read another book. <laughs> it's very depressing. It's yeah, so sad. Yeah. And then I went into the, and it's it's like you know what it is. It's like insouciant depression. It's like I you know I walked into the cell and they ripped out my fingernails. <laughs> it's just what happened. Right. <laughs> it's like yeah. It's like you fuck. Can't, I gotta. Like, like, something <laughs> yeah, you can like say to like make it kind of funny or whatever. It's just like oh. That's that sucks, bro. Everyone was living in constant fear that that they might say one thing that was marginally less obedient than 100% obedience, and so there was constant paranoia everywhere. Yeah, and I was like, that's the that's the stand of the story, <laughs> right? It's just, everyone hated each other, and a lot of us killed each other, and that really sucks. Yeah. Friendships you, were ruined. Nothing valuable. I, I had a friend. And I thought that he like probably ended up in the gulags. And when I went, when I got out of the gulags, he was like, "Bro, you deserve to be there, you little shithead." Right. <laughs> it's awful. Right. It's just like, awful. Yeah, it's just basically just a giant factory of human misery. So I paused and I like, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna read a book that's like funny. So I started reading. <laughs> yeah, like, I started reading like uh, George Soros's autobiography. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my god! Set you up for that joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, does that have a happy ending? <laughs> I don't know yet. I, I think that uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with Bitcoin. He may bankrupt us yet. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, do you think he'll break the bank of Bitcoin? Um, I think that here's here's what I think. I think that what the, the, the last like rise and fall, uh, I what really bothered me about it was that the entire market was going up and down together. And that really like, I think that one, uh, I, have a, I have a friend here who talks about it and I think he's correct. I think it cheapens the rise of Bitcoin that everything went up together. And I think the fact that everything fell together is a little scary. And not, not to yes. be conspiratorial, okay. but like, there's, there's literally, it's like a hundred percent correlation. It's very fucked okay. up. So should we, should we, when I make the time code link, should this be like, we should start now. We'll talk about post-maximalism or whatever. We can do that is. if you don't okay. want anyone to hear the funny. No, no. I think we're going to keep it all in, but I'm going to put the link. It's going <laughs> to say real Bitcoin content starts now. Yeah. 
I, I try to talk about nonsense on, on my shows. I, I try very hard to keep the Bitcoin, the Bitcoin uh, content down to about, you know, uh, maybe one. Yeah, you do. You show. really, you really do. <laughs> it's very well hidden in a show that is otherwise about just totally random nonsense. Well, that's what keeps, that's what keeps the babes. That's listening. What keeps, that's what keeps Mike in space. Mike in space comes back for that. So, and so you, um, get the, you get the surrealist vote. Okay. So like, Beginning now, All right. we're going to talk about what on earth, like the phrase Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, something like that, you know, which is that this, what distinction are people drawing between the two, the two ideas? And really the kind of the reason for this talk is that I don't, well, the reason why I wanted to talk to you guys was for a couple of things. I wanted to run some ideas behind you, but I also wanted to kind of ask for your opinion on how I should best proceed with my prediction markets project, but I think we could just get to that whenever it shows up organically in oh this God. thing. But why I wanted to bring all that up is because I'm not exactly sure what, you know, what, I mean, we got, uh, what do we do about the Bitcoin core versus cash? Do we do nothing about it? Um, what do we do about this, this atmosphere where it seems like um, no one cares about like the fundamentals at all? I mean, that's been going on for a while, but it just seems like, Gets constantly is getting worse and worse. It's kind of a little better in the last couple of weeks. But oh, okay. Kind of can can I say something on that? I, I mean, I think that you need to seek out the people who are interested in the fundamentals and focus your effort on them. And uh, you need to just <clears throat> disti dis differentiate who you're talking to and somebody who who is not focused on the fundamentals is not somebody worth talking to until un until he starts being focused on the fundamentals and that's that is that's going to that's going to benefit uh yourself and uh hopefully once other people see that you know how to benefit yourself better than other people in bitcoin then they'll want to follow you okay that sounds great but I'm not. It's still not sure like what options are really on the table. Paul, like being too crazy. Before we get before yes. we get into all that, like, look, there's a lot of noobs in Bitcoin that are going to probably stumble on this video. So, can we talk a little bit about what Bitcoin maximalism is? Um, we should, yeah, and discuss that. a little bit about actually our philosophies. I mean, this uh, we're we're religionists in some way, and uh, just talk a little bit about our philosophies, how we came to them, and why why we think that. Um, you know, Bitcoin maximalism is or isn't stupid anymore. Um, I think that that would fundamentally help out those people who are kind of stumbling on this video. But also, I think it, it provides a framework for the discussion, right? Yep, I think that's good. Well, I, as you know, I sent the two of you guys the draft of this thing, and I probably put it out today or whatever, like right after this, so people can read it. But I do write, I wrote a little piece about why I believed in Bitcoin maximalism, and now why I'm sort of a little bit sort of unsure on what the future of it is. A little sad. <laughs> yeah, right, little exactly. <laughs> well, okay, so, I mean, j just for every, just just for those coming, Bitcoin maximalism, I'm sure you've heard it, and uh, and, and, and depending on where you heard it, it was either derogatorily yeah, right. uh, stated or it was stated with an air of, like, I in the, in the way that Christians declare that, I love Jesus! I uh, in, in the same sort of way. Yes. So like in, in in some senses you're 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 seeing here 
uh, a panel, at least Paul, I don't know where Daniel necessarily stands, but I bet Daniel probably does stand here, of, uh, of people that have uh, very much defined sort of the Bitcoin maximalist movement. Um, we've, we've all been strong, staunch supporters of Bitcoin itself and uh, harsh, ad, harsh detractors of a lot of these altcoins. So the way that I define Bitcoin maximalism is sort of an assessment of what is maximally probabilistic. And uh, in the early days, what that meant is that you had thousands and thousands of altcoins, none of which really panned out. They were all like just kind of sinking and in the pooper. And, uh, and the only one that was really working was Bitcoin. It was the only one with like network effect. It was the only one with uh, lots and lots of users and use. And it was the only one that really solved a real problem. The others were there as sort of a land grab. Um, right, you could tell that it was like three or four years of R&D to create Bitcoin. And then someone was just like, I did it too copy paste and then there's just and so you just think like how can anyone fall for that well hilariously blue so Matt made a made a make your own coin generator yeah right which right. was very which was very clever it, it was it hilarious speed the ruin of but but now we're in a situation now we're wait, in a situation wait, wait. i want to i want to mention my my articles uh yes. as far as defining oh. bitcoin maximalism because I wrote an article called uh, The Problem with Altcoins in 2013. It's very good. Where I basically, I basically just made fun of the altcoins and I called them uh, 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 cargo cults. And, yeah, that, uh, that and I, the fake Elvises or whatever is like, that's just like perfect, like, or whatever that was, that was a perfect image. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but that's what it, that's what it is like if you just, you just copy, yeah. copy the code and you don't, know why you're changing anything and that right. and so everybody was promoting nonsensical changes to bitcoin as as if they're an investment when when they're really not and and to me like the the investment function of of money is for a group of investors all to invest in one another so so the the value comes from the the network effect not not so much from like which what mining algorithm you have or yeah right yeah yeah right or like if you could you can get the block time down from 10 minutes to something right faster <laughs> so so fundamentally the question now is whether the landscape has changed whether these altcoins are in fact providing something of value or whether it matters at all whether we've maybe discovered that it doesn't matter whether you provide something of value all that matters is that you have jesus christ buterin at the top of your chain and uh and, and bad thought but we have to acknowledge it so i broke it down in the piece that i am about to publish i had like sort of three things one was just a clear network effect that everyone was using bitcoin it had by far the highest market cap, 95 plus percent right. for years and years, and it had all the transaction volume. So there's no need to like break down these weird other categories or something. It was just the clear leader at the highest brand awareness. <laughs> there was no one who was aware of an altcoin who like wasn't aware of Bitcoin. And I think it's still sort of like that, but I'm not even sure if that might be praying into the category of, of crypto. Well, I will tell you this. I went. I went to a, a thing this weekend in Chicago for the Athena Bitcoin uh, launch of their trade floor. They're they're doing um, like a full Bitcoin trade floor up there, which is or a well, cryptocurrency trade floor, which is amazing. It's kind of a neat little development in Bitcoin. It's in the heart of Chicago. It's right down the road from the CME. Very beautiful office. I, I was just amazed that uh, anyone could uh, afford this. But uh, but I mean, like. 
there is, I'm talking to these people, these, these guys who were working at the CME and the CBOE and, and whatnot, and all of them are asking just the dumbest questions. <laughs> and it yeah. doesn't matter that like one, one guy comes up to me and he says, I heard Bitcoin can't handle more transactions than Visa. So, I mean, like this is, this is a, yeah. a, a fundamental discussion that's happened since the, the early days of Bitcoin. It, it goes right in line with last week. Ripple uh, issued a press release that said it does more transactions than Visa, which is a hilarious yes. claim uh -huh. because the simple question is, why do you need more transactions than Visa? Right? Visa is not like limited to 20,000 transactions a second. Visa just happens to do 20,000 transactions a second because that's what it needs. That's as much use as it gets. So in the same way, like I'm trying to explain to people, Bitcoin has a capacity that has a, a, an enormous limit. We don't know exactly what that limit is. It might not even have a limit, but that it requires uh, some science. It requires some fundamental code changes and it requires work to figure out how we raise the capacity and it requires people to actually use it. So that capacity is needed. Right. Um, so like, but there's there, people don't understand the technology and yet the, the, the smart, what we have called smart money is putting its, its dollars into places that it doesn't one understand and two that have no fundamental grounding in the science of what we're doing here. Yeah. But I think that that is sort of logical of them because if you don't understand something, you should diversify. Agreed. And so they are putting their money in everything. Um, so often they're not though. Just, often they're putting their money in like one thing. Like they'll be like, "I love, yeah. well, I love that's, this one blockchain project," and you're like, "Why?" And and fundamentally, like I think I think where I where I get frustrated with the altcoin space in particular is in the discussion of what blockchains do, right? What do they actually do? And it's a very difficult discussion with dum dums like the tap scots running around and saying that blockchains are <laughs> chicken nuggets. <clears throat> I don't remember exactly what he said, but I remember reading that, and I remember thinking like, "Oh, whatever." Like, it's kind of close enough. Like, it, it, it's like, not. It's not the wrongest thing. Exactly. That it, right. That's what I was thinking. I was something like, you know, if you're going to be misled, like this is okay. That's, that's the harmless way to be misled. But it's also the funniest thing that anyone's ever said about a blockchain. But I think the a red flag is that I, I cannot remember at all what what it was that he did say. So if I if it were really good, I think I would have remembered it. But I just it's something about putting the chicken back together. Right? You can't. Oh yeah, you can't like, <laughs> put the chicken back together. I don't even know if any of that's true though, because you you can put the chicken like, back together. Like it's not like this against the laws of physics to reassemble a chicken, you know. So it's like I don't that's know what true. that was, but there you go. So, but uh, let me just uh, run. So, I, one is the network effect. Two is the fact that all the altcoins were useless, and three is the sidechains idea. And uh, so, on this, we just talked about the first one a little bit, but the second one, you could maybe say that now we've got the stuff like Monero is the best, the most salient example of something that's, you know, not totally useless. And I brought up in the piece, I brought up that Dash did this stupid marketing budget thing, and I thought this is the dumbest thing. And yet they're running commercials on airplanes. Right, and yet they like it is somehow like working. So it's hard to totally write it off as being completely dumb. I mean, I'm, if you look at the amount of money in the marketing budget, it's like obviously absurd amounts of money, like like millions and millions and millions of dollars. So I don't know if they if it's actually punching through in a way that we would deem to be. Well, they're not, but they're, not it's sort of, they're not effective marketers. My, my problem with Dash and that stuff hilariously is that like when, when you have a group voting on something like, let's say marketing, like you, you, you still fundamentally are limited to the expertise of the people that you hire or the expertise of the people that are like, uh, you know, making decisions about the marketing. I know. I, but you and I, we well, you know what I mean is that we Absolutely. 
speed. Everyone's got the dash lanyard. They got the dash. Right. And it's like it's sort of working, you know. And they are, despite having basically no advantage, like they just have the weird uh, coin drawing thing that they kind of like. They kind of like surgically grafted into the. Well, in, they have basically nothing, but they right. the market is like kept. It rhymes with cash. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Paul. Here, fundamentally, like, there's there's a great story, and I think it's Thaler's book where he talks about uh, England basically doing uh, or, or the UK does this thing where you know I guess everyone kind of has like an investment portfolio, something like that, and uh, and they did a they did a study on how people invested, and they have like this all market index, and then they have a bunch of these like little indexes that are offered by like. Uh, you know, companies uh, that underperform that index generally, but they they found you're that you're saying the big index is the best. Obviously, the, yeah. the total stock market index. But they found that they allowed these these companies to run campaigns in the first month or two that uh, that these were like being selected, um, and and they found that like a huge portion, an outsized portion of people were picking uh, the camp the the marketed. The marketed indices over the you know smart indices, and since then, since the marketing has largely died down, um, people are back to picking you know the 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 all market indices. The big one. Oh, that's interesting. Right. So I mean, I, I, people are very sensitive. To, they 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 kind of hugely. have insecurity maybe about this, and they're not very confident or something. Well, you know from your uh, financial advisor stuff uh, that people really like to have a financial advisor, even though there's no evidence to suggest that they're not being totally screwed by the financial. But not only are they doing doing a worse job, but they're paying uh, uh, they're paying the financial advisor, would ends up being a, a huge amount of money. And so, but people prefer that they like right. to have. They don't like to make the choice, and so they suffer as a result. Well, I've eaten, them, I've eaten but... high off the hog making this bet with really rich people. I tell them that I bet if they'd done nothing, they would have made more money than if they had given their money to their financial advisor. And every one of them resists it and gets really, really mad at me for saying that. And then they go back and look, and a couple of times now they've come back and just devastated. So I make the bet that I'll, I'll buy them a meal at the nicest restaurant in Fort Lauderdale, or they have to buy me a meal at the nicest restaurant in Fort Lauderdale if they've nice. lost money. And uh, and every single every single time I've made a bet, they got some meals out of it and made uh -huh. them hire you. <laughs> You have to pass your series, whatever thirty for that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't take that. <laughs> you should uh, actually read some I, of the tests. Are funny? Yes, please. Can I uh, describe what I think is going on? I, I think that the the problems that the um, the 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 real world problems that Bitcoin solves uh, are the um the people's people's fear of of the collapse of the the fiat money system or or they want to evade capital controls and these are all purposes that just don't don't need to be supported that much like they were kind of inherent in in the way that that bitcoin originally worked it's a conspiracy uh, edge Right. But here's the yeah. thing, though, about that is that that would work, the hedge would work, uh, for uh, almost equally well for any of the cryptocurrencies. Yeah, that's that. Well, that's no, that's my point. Yeah. And well, that's, so yeah. the the conflict right. going on in Bitcoin, or I should say, what um, the the future, the the uh, the the dynamics of of the Bitcoin uh, market or the cryptocurrency market really have uh 
more more to do with um, people's imagination than any any other real world problem. And so it is like anything, anything, any anything that's like a meme that yeah. you know can spread easily. Yeah. That's that's a cryptocurrency, and it it just doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter if it's connected to reality in any way. So uh, that's why I've been trying to do. So I've been I, I I imagined myself as a Stephen King monster when I made uh, my latest video, because I think that that's um that's what you, what you that's think that's that's what uh <laughs> what what affects things around here is uh who who uh who who controls ideas or uh, which who, things are which things are allowed to be expressed and in what in what manner and if you just you just like you're blowing the Overton window. Sure. Way far over. <laughs> but eventually there's going to be an end to the capital flight into the cryptocurrency world uh, because, I don't know, either the, the fiat system will start working well <laughs> or uh, it'll collapse. Well, and at that point, then, then it's like there won't be – there won't be an in you know a new influx of of noobs into right. this system that's like exponential anymore. Right, so it's that a classic point, pyramid scheme issue that you will eventually run out of suckers because you will eventually just run out of people on planet Earth. Yeah, I mean, fundamentally, like well, that's that's very true. But fundamentally, I, I think that like there's a lot of really cool innovations that come out of Bitcoin that are are less about things like the blockchain and more about uh, I think for the first time in history we're able to ask the question as to why the monetary system looks like it looks, right? I don't think that we've ever really stepped back for a second and done that as like a society as a culture. Well, yeah, I think in small scales, certainly, yes. Right. Never like been. There's never been able. You were never able to like run a, a, an experiment where you had two. You had a, a country and it had two monetary systems really kind of at once. And maybe you still sort of can't. But this is an interesting. Well, and, the newcomer is could still survive despite being right. And, and largely, Paul. Though I think I think you have to under like I think you have to agree that like most of the monetary system has been created today as a result of sort of reactionary, uh, uh, like hole plugging, right? So like, oh, we had an explosion, we have to fix that. So like, you have this sort of disparate, like evolutionary uh, looking money that has laws and and things that are associated with it for reasons that have kind of been lost to history. Um, and with Bitcoin, I think that very quickly we learned a lot of those reasons. Why do you want banks? Well, it's really fucking hard to hold on to your own value. Right. Why do you, you know, like why, why do you have a central, uh, central, you know, management solution for money? Well, you know, maybe like having 10,000 currencies, um, each having their own value isn't the most efficient system, you know, stuff like that. Um, then again, like with, with blockchain, uh, as, or cryptocurrencies generally, like a lot of that, some of those reasonings seem to have uh, been superseded by sort of modernity, right? You have like the fucking ability to instantly exchange this coin for that coin and to basically have zero uh zero loss in the in the transaction other than maybe the exchange fee so well, i think right. that the reason we need a central bank is if you have a system that's complicated enough that only specialists can understand it then they can scam everybody else by pretending that you need a central bank i well the i it's complicated because but i think um a big part of why we have the central banks is that they do let they let this big grand scale coordination take place and when you have these the Vatican. Wars, 
yeah, they are like the Vatican, really, where you have these big wars and you need to, they just, this is what happens, like you, the society, the, the different, the technological level and the, the media in the society are such that you can form like a giant nation and then if everyone around you is forming a giant nation and forming a giant army and they have the ability to tax the entire wealth of the entire nation and then you have stuff like phones and radio, it's just easier to um and i'm not highly we have a day of we have a day we had a we had an era of fiat and i think it's just all been about i mean the transaction costs are cheaper with fiat than they are for gold over short over short distances yeah well uh over long distances it's even better for fiat well you're right i I didn't i didn't think you were gonna say gold i didn't listen <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like th- th- that's absolutely. I, I, my criticisms of the central bank are a little bit less. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I don't, I don't have a big problem with the central bank. I think that the big issue with the central banks is that you are relying on charity. You're relying on the goodness of the government, and and it works until you have, um, you know, a Venezuela. Uh, or you know, like someone someone who comes in and wants to like inflate the value of the currency for whatever you know. God knows I know, but I don't really want to talk about this relative sure. to. Um, I want to talk about like what is going on in Bitcoin because, uh, well, specifically, I mean, this is kind of building to me asking you guys for advice as to what I should do with sure. my prediction markets project because I uh, submitted the BIP for uh, side chains, but it's just been kind of idling for two months and it doesn't even have the bit number assigned so there's really nothing i can do so lucas jr is kind of ignoring it isn't he yeah i think he um i believe he has like a bunch of family things going on at the, at the moment but it has been two months on the other hand and so i'm not sure uh what exactly what is going on there but i think that they i think at this point it's like you have to take the hint that they uh, are ignoring it and but what's more is that i in the post that i share with you guys i have I, I put a bunch of reasons. I, I, I post a couple things about why, about that the interest is just very, very low. Like people are just not as interested in this as they are in other things. And then I have a bunch of reasons why I think that might be. Which well, can we talk different. about the airplane analogy first? Because I was really interested in that. I want you to explain that. Did you like that? Um, yes. Okay, um, I said something like, oh, I've heard the, people constantly bring up the airplane analogy and they say there's this cartoon that, especially in the Donald Trump era, um, was virulently memeing around the internet. And the cartoon is that, like, you know, you can just like some idiot is flying the plane, and we're all gonna die or something like that. So there, the 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 uh, the idea is that we need to have experts in charge of Bitcoin because this is a this is a giant plane that has everyone's wealth on it, and we need to take care of it. And so we can't do anything irresponsible with this plane. You can't start drinking on the plane uh, because you might just crash the plane. And this is people's money that you're talking about. So you should really um, be very prudent when you. So that's the idea. But what I say is that it's not really like that because you can make many copies of the plane or you can go back in time with the blockchain. So I'm saying that the plane is actually being flown by a remote control from the ground. And you can just make an infinite number of copies of it. And that the people who are saying that they are flying the plane now for prudent reasons, they aren't actually the owner of the plane. Uh, so they, if the owner wants to crash the plane, they should 
be able to just crash it all day long and make new copies. And it's like a virtual reality world. It's not like a real plane. So I don't think the metaphor really holds up. So that's one of the things that I didn't mention. What's remarkable to me about the sidechain discussion <laughs> right now, by the way, is that I remember when sidechains were first proposed, they were the savior of the blockchain. Uh, did you see, Josh, I linked you guys. I don't know if I did it right. I linked you guys to the, the scammies when you talk about how they're throwing my boxes and you just laugh at them. Yeah. <laughs> they win the paperware award. Yeah. Know, like snuck into like a footnote or something. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean like blockchain. Yeah, you're right. That's the story is that they came out. It's the best thing ever. They were they were the they they had more hype than I mean Lightning yeah. Network you guys think is a big deal and it is but like fuck like blockchains had more hype than Lightning Network compared to this everyone was waiting for sidechains I mean the response to everything was like I mean well book Bitcoin can't scale to blah blah well what about sidechains they're coming you know like it, Blockstream was formed to yeah, to to make sidechains work that was the purpose of of Blockstream. Yeah, it was. Which is weird. It's weird that um, it's a, we've revised history and we've we've forgotten what the side chain was supposed to do and how big of a deal it was. I remember when it was proposed, everyone was like, "You can do that." And right, I mean, yeah, now, exactly. now, like for someone like me, I'm not a technocrat. Like, I don't, I, I wouldn't, I, I don't uh, purport to know how blockchains work. Um, although, incidentally, being here so long, I like have picked up yeah, quite you a bit. Are like an absurdly qualified expert, which it's, is this is a sad state of affairs. Right. But, I mean, so, that's so where we are. So I can't look at code, but I can, I can, I can hear an idea and say, yeah, that that's that would work on a blockchain or not. Um, and so I understand pretty well how these things work. And I mean, at least at least tacitly. And I mean, like when it came out, that was it was an original idea. Everyone, it was it was the state of the network everybody was like holy fuck when side chains come everything changes and then they languished but paul right. you have you're the you make the point in your paper i think this is accurate you're the only one with a working proposal uh, and and in fact an implementation of a side chain thus far right that's true um a lot of the stuff that blockstream went on to do i don't want to like just end this you know because we don't have anyone from blockstream here so i don't want to like Fuckers, because they're not here. But they have to sort of my mild uh, annoyance. They will they refer to their some of their products that they sell or promote, which are the Elements Project and Liquid. They refer to those as side chains, although it is a little bit Orwellian because it's been the well, they're they're side been stripped of all of its original meaning. Well, right, they're side chains. They're side chains that are not protected by. Uh, by a coherent peg, like the liquid sidechain is protected by. I mean, at least originally it was proposed to be a thermite box. I think um, it still is. I think they just don't right. talk about it because you guys. Well, it's it, hilarious. It was so well, it, the problem that they have is the same problem that George Lucas had with Star Wars Episode One, which is that there were no one was afraid to criticize them, so they just whatever stupid ideas would just bubble up in there, and then they would go out, and then you didn't have anyone laughing at them until. Until well, Greg, you, until, really until Mike in space started making all those gifts. Right. That was the funniest. That was one of the funniest yeah. things that ever happened. And, and and Greg Maxwell has done some like Greg Maxwell is the I, I, I he he's the master. I love him, but he is the master of absurd security ideas. Like I, I heard one the other day that he was proposing for uh I, I think uh I don't remember what the box was, but basically in order to secure something on the blockchain, they were going to go buy a missile silo. Fill it with cement. Uh, put a put a hole into the cement, and uh, have a have a cord coming out of the cement. But this 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 box would be at the very bottom of it, 
um, basically protected by tons and tons of cement and uh, would, would have tamper tamper uh, monitors. Yeah, he's upgrading. <laughs> I mean, he's uh, that's see, the funny thing is, is that you can see there's a logic to it. Like it makes so that would that it's, does make that does fulfill some requirement. It does. It makes perfect sense when you have a you know, four hundred million dollars because you're an early adopter or something like that. Right. It's yeah, like, well, we can afford this. It's upgraded to it from a thermite box to like a thermite missile silo. Right. It's, it's, like, it's hilarious. It's just, like, it's just, it's just more thermite. You don't know? fuck like, with this. We'll blow you up. <laughs> so well, there you go. So that's kind of the pitch of that first um, article, which everyone in the audience should eventually be able to read probably later today. So uh, I don't know. Like, what what does it mean? Like, I know uh, Dan Krawitz and I are not, we're not happy with, I'm not happy with the sort of anti-Hayek, anti-experimentalness of, Bitcoin Core at the moment, but I, I'm not happy with Bitcoin Cash either because they there's no standards. Sure, it's sort of like um, everyone gets participation. Well, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh yeah, well um, so. But that's as Hayekian as it gets. I mean, so yeah. you mentioned this in your paper, like the sort of anti-Hayek uh, idealism of Core. Like, what do you mean by that? Because I mean, I, I don't think that anyone at Core would tell you they're anti-Hayek. I know. Well, that's uh, that's kind of the problem, I guess. But uh, the yeah, Hayek would say, I think you know, obviously he's not here. But uh, Hayek's philosophy is very much that uh, it's very similar to Karl Popper, and I'm a big fan of both. Uh, which is that he's the one that stuff. he's the one that raised the penguins. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> Mr. Popper's penguins. Oh yes, <laughs> right, the one and the same. And um, while studying penguins, uh, Karl Popper realized that, you know, that the, he put a big emphasis on trial and error. He said, like, well, we don't, there's a lot of stuff that we don't understand in the world. So we make incremental progress by trial and error. And there's no, like, you, there's no, like, authority that says whether or not an idea is good. You just try something out and then you just think it, that it works. Like, I thought Snapchat was the dumbest idea in the world, but it just, Turns out it does. People like it, so there it is. And you know, another public to, company. If you want to know something about the world, you could start a business and you could run the experiment. And you could say, "Well, here's my business idea. I think if you take these inputs and you turn them, transform like this, you get these outputs." So, so what I see in Core is actually a, a different type of process. One that is much more like. Um, uh, academia in, in not a great way, in the, the bad way of... Well, you uh, call it pseudo-academia. Pseudo I do, because people. it's very authority-based, really, where it's like some people have been studying the longest, so they have seniority, and then there are there is like kind of a formal... Well, I, I thought this process. was actually... I thought this was very interesting, Paul. Like you discuss in your paper, uh, the fact that peer review is supposed to be a simulation of reality, which I think I think I is a point that um, I think is lost on people when they're thinking about peer review. And and I think that's actually I, a very. I, I want to go back to Popper and Hayek for a yeah. second there, because I was just sorry to in interrupt, but it sometimes can take me several minutes to respond to something that happened <laughs> a, a while ago. Because you're so high. I have a quote from Nietzsche. And he says, uh, to recognize untruth as a condition of life, that is certainly to impugn the traditional ideas of value in a dangerous manner. And if philosophy, which ventures to do so, has thereby alone placed itself beyond good and evil. Yeah, that, I think that's wonderful. Nietzsche is really out there in a lot of ways. I don't sometimes like you just can't you can't understand like what he's talking about. But and I think if I'm interpreting that correctly, he's saying that. Anyone who 
embraces the idea that we, of, of really of scientific progress, that we could do things better. They're kind of criticizing today's world and saying that there's a mistake today in today's world and that we have we're filled with errors. And well, okay. So you are going against everyone. So, so first of all, well, I just want to say it's a bad idea to assume that any philosopher has a correct interpretation because philosophy is inherently about talking about vague things that are not understood very well. So I don't think you have to um, worry about whether you interpreted that. that in some ways, it's about the, the discussion itself is about the creation of meaning. Uh, yeah. where you like, where, where someone throws out an idea and then you sort it's of solidify true. it. It doesn't really matter if Nietzsche stumbles upon something that's true and helpful. Or if it or inspires if you just, to. Or if he just says some nonsense phrase that for some reason also works. For, right. So that is kind well, of... That inspires Paul Stortz to truth. That, that's, that's really yeah. all that matters. And then it's all leading up to trade with Dave. That's the ultimate destination. That Well, yeah, Dave is the most coherent person in blockchain. He's the most coherent person <laughs> He is coherence. He's extreme. He is coherence itself. Um, anyway, yeah. what were you saying? Did you have a comment about Dan Craig? Oh, just uh, that. Um, that yeah, we should all be Nietzscheans. <laughs> and I think that Popper and Hayek are just like uh, they're like nor they're like people who who could uh, adopt uh, Nietzschean ideas and still act normal and be like normal people <laughs> rather than like a crazy person like Nietzsche. Yeah, I think that is there's maybe something to go for that where it's sort of like Nietzsche is sort of just like God is dead and therefore good luck making your own meaning or something. But I think uh, Hayek and Pop are kind of like they're like they found a way to kind of make a little bit of meaning, so they're relatively a little bit more sane. Whereas Nietzsche was kind of just like good luck to all of you. <laughs> yeah, I actually think Nietzsche was deliberately acting insane, but he was actually. <laughs> But he was less crazy than he appears. It is syphilis. It is pretend. And the reason I think that is because that's what I do in my videos sometimes <laughs> on, on Bitcoin stuff because yeah. I know that that's a way to get through to cult members. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we can only imagine what it would have been like for him in whatever, the 1800s. That would have been a lot more difficult. We he didn't have internet. He couldn't like, meet people. Paul, I think that you have some, I have a question for you about the, I mean, I think you have some fundamental sort of uh, conflicts of interest in all of this. And I think we should yeah. at least clear them up. So number number one, uh, Roger Veer invested in Hivemind. Correct. That is, but, I think it is a, con I acknowledge it as a conflict of interest. Well, I know you do, because you're honest. So, I mean, Roger Veer, uh, in, so, so one of your fundamental questions is whether you should uh, sort of adopt the Bitcoin Cash ethos, right? And not necessarily ethos, but like that you should maybe petition them to add DriveChain, right? Mm, well, actually, that I would I would help anyone who wanted to add drive chain to anything. So that's I actually that's that's actually not where I thought you would go with that. Um, I think well, let me just pitch this for like five seconds, and then get back to what you were saying. So I thought you were going to say that the only reason that the fusion idea, which we haven't talked about yet, I think the only reason that that is that I kind of threw that out was because uh, maybe of the conflict of interest, and that is just sort of an idea about catching things up later, but I guess we'll talk about that when we get to it, I guess. Well, I, I, I couldn't have gotten there because that's an intelligent point. Oh, I, I have something to say about Bitcoin Cash oh, no. really Okay, quick. we're fracturing off though. Wait, so it's splintering out and it's going to look like I'm evading the question of a conflict of interest. So I think I, instead I want to answer it first. So, oh, sorry. Uh, I think it was, you were saying that that's the only reason why I would want, I would care about Bitcoin Cash. Mm, I think that that is, that could be a reason um, I think it's a little bit more practical than that, though. I think 
it would be better if like we do i mentioned in the piece that we have bitcoin.org and bitcoin.com pointing now to different projects right and i think that it would just be more efficient overall if we could somehow i mean i have been trying to smooth over the the conflict kind of for years now so i don't it's hard to say um but yeah i think there definitely is a conflict uh there is a conflict of interest i don't know you know i think at this point everyone has got a conflict of interest uh, i think it's just like so another few people stay of course Jan Kravitz's advice and kept both coins or of course. <laughs> mostly kept both coins. So I, I mean, I think that like, you just need to to acknowledge that everybody is out to uh, to to get rich on on some yeah. level, and it is yeah, all a big I, it's all a big poker game. I and would prefer, so, yeah, I would prefer if no one trusted anyone. So I don't think I think it's good if people don't trust me. You know, it's an ad hominem fallacy, right? It should just what some idea should just be a better idea. But yeah, I think that's that's good for you. Totally good, fair game, and helpful for you to point that out. Now, did we lose Dan Kravitz's point? Did we? No, I, I wanted to respond to Bitcoin Cash because what you said you said you think everybody gets a participation trophy, but what I think is what's happening is that a new uh, a a new uh, hierarchy is forming, and it's just open now. And if mm -hmm. if you were to Get in there and start acting acting important that you could be on the top of the Bitcoin Cash hierarchy. Uh, I think you're probably right about that. I that that thought hadn't occurred to me until now, but I think no, it's just that's a Peter that's a Peter reason uh, like uh, objective. I think. Oh, Ryzen, you mean? R whatever you call him, <laughs> that that dude. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe, but not, I'm not sure because he had been doing that. For probably definitely for Bitcoin Unlimited, but nobody likes him anywhere else. <laughs> the uh, what was I going to say? Um, so you asked about doing drive chain on Bitcoin Cash. Yeah. The issue is I've actually looked at that, and because it's not really anything specific to Bitcoin Cash, other than I assumed it would be easy because the code is similar, but the code is actually not similar. So this is something I talked about when I was on Chris's show that we tried to see how similar it still was, and if you could just merge it back in, but they do change a lot of things. They decided to change a lot of things in Bitcoin Cash. And unfortunately, I think there is a well-known effect where programmers like to just refactor stuff the way, organize stuff the way they want it organized. And this is a little bit objectively helpful, but what's really worse is that it, there's a bad sort of nefarious reason, possibly subconscious. It makes it not plug and play. Yeah, it sort of makes it so that you need the developer who worked on it in order to understand it. So it kind of it is like a way of like owning the project in a way, which I don't think is consciously a motive for people, but people just think, oh, I'm helping and get involved. And then they, I don't think people realize like how difficult it is to read code. There is a joke about it being easier to just write the code a second time than read what <laughs> someone else wrote in the code. So no, that's true. Yeah. So there you are. So I think, unfortunately, they've already, the code base is different. People like laugh at me. Uh, they try to like say that this isn't true or something, but I have investigated it and I, it is, the code is, they I have, they will change all, they change all these like, irrelevant things like in comments to change these variable names, you know, they, because they, for political right. reasons, it's right. of course. Petty, right. So Paul, another, another you know. big, another thing, and I, I think that this is, a, it's not so much a conflict of interest, but there's a potential that you come off as like a, a whiny little bitch because yeah, okay. Hivemind, 
hive mind requires side chains, right? And Correct. Uh, or, or drive chains specifically is I think how you've you've built it. So, um, so now now people are going to the, the, the potential criticism is that the only reason you want drive chain is so that you can make make your uh, hive mind hive mind money. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They, the only occult member would say that because the whole the whole point of that question is to manipulate somebody into trying to say that they're they're not a whiny little bitch. It's <laughs> you have to be you have to answer that question by uh, acknowledging by that you're a whiny little being, bitch, being a whiny bitch, yeah. or by pretending it's a stupid question. Well, it is. <laughs> well, I think Josh kind of like you know he was saying he kind of acknowledged that it was a stupid question. Of course, I kind of thought, but uh, but I think. It's fine. It is fair to say you, uh, the project does need something that I call categorical control, uh, for lack of a better phrase, and that no one understands. Like I think, but me, but that's fine because it doesn't really. It shouldn't really make much of a difference. And one, the I would say probably the primary motivation for working on side chains is because I need them for my other project. So that I think is correct, and I, I think I've even said as much that I, wa I was waiting for Blockstream to finish side chains for years. So I could put my own project on as a sidechain, and they didn't do it, and so then I worked on it. So that's the story that I've given people for years. Uh, so I think that it is that is the number one reason. But I think it, it you know human beings are complicated, and we have lots of motivations, and I have a lot of reasons. And I, uh, some of the other reasons are that I think it really is the best. Um, it really is the best thing for the community right now because you see that we do have this rise of altcoins and people don't seem to be interested in them for their properties other than how much attention they can attract. So, and we do see that people want to try new technical things, which is exactly what sidechains are for. So oh, way, as, as a sidebar, Paul, one of my favorite moments in Bitcoin was you at uh, doing a speech. Where was it? Uh, at scaling Bitcoin. One of the first, the second one, I think. Uh, maybe at first or the third. The second one was not really recorded. Third. It was in, in like Hong Kong or Tokyo or something, and you were uh, you were, the third one. <laughs> you, were, you were you were there doing the speech, and like you went over. <laughs> oh, that's the first one. And there was a guy. Uh, yeah, the MC was trying to shout. Get off the fucking stage! <laughs> Which is funny because that was right in the middle of me being like, Paul, you you write so fucking much. Articles are too goddamn long. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, like he's on stage and he just can't yeah, get off because. I want to I want to apologize for uh, I should have let uh, Paul answer the last question before I said what I thought of it. And so I that was that was definitely a bad. Uh, in interruption. Daniel, there. you're it's so reasonable. Like, he's, he's like the lawyer, you know. He's it's like objecting to the question, you know. It's like yeah, he's the cult. He's the cult um, lawyer. He gets to decide, which is itself a cult, which is maximum irony, which is perfect. Yeah. He's well. Um, he gets to decide. He's the only one who gets to decide for all of us what is or is not a cult question. So well, I, well I, I have very strong feelings about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think it's it's totally fair. But I mean, um, I think that it is my primary motivation. But I, I that doesn't mean that it's not the. It, I have also argued that it's the only real solution to the scaling um, debate, which I think a lot of people find surprising because they're like, "That's such an outrageous claim." But I think the logic is very simple, which is that it's not really about the th transactions per second throughput. It is really about how expensive it should be to run a node. And I've explained this a couple times, which is that even if we could do a, a billion transactions per second, 
or maybe that that's you know obviously at infinity they kind of equal out but you know if we can do like a million transactions per second you could still have someone like roger veer show up and say well why don't we do you know 20 million transactions a second because 20 million is bigger than 1 million and that bigger is 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 better is more stuff more value created for people um and you could still have even if we were currently doing a million transactions per second you could still have luke jr say and we need to cut it back down to three hundred fifty thousand right. a second right, right. So it's really about the cost of running the full node and so you need something that is like client-side validation which is the side side chains are in that category where people just opt in they decide okay i want to be on the hook for this Paul, I, I, so I, I think, think in, it's the only thing that can actually uh, resolve the conflict. And I think I in your paper, and I think you're touching on it now, uh, I think you miss a, another reason why someone might oppose sidechains. And I think I think fundamentally sidechains uh, as a concept literally answer the question, what is Bitcoin? Um, and I think it's a really scary possibility because you could see, I mean, like in some ways and on Bitcoin, you have like this sort of attack vector of the 51% attack with sidechains, you introduce sort of a, I don't know, a 51% attack currency vector where like if a majority of people jump out of Bitcoin core and move to the Bitcoin cash sidechain, um, you have essentially ceded control of the Bitcoin project to this other sidechain, right? Like Luke Dash Jr., for example. I'm not, I'm not totally, I kind of understand what you're saying, but think about, like, does it really mean that you've ceded control? Like, I think it's just, it's like, it's not quite like a black and white thing, right? It's just you only have control over the users who want to use your project, right? So, Except that, I mean, like Luke Dash Jr. has, has stated before that he thinks the, the best use of sidechains is in upgrading the network, where you basically upgrade the network on a sidechain, and then people can kind of move over um, to that to that upgraded network whenever they please. Yeah, so, well, sure. I, I mean, I or think back. that it's it's absurd to to imagine that some some group of people should have control in in the first place. It it really should be about doing you know any anybody should do whatever they know will make the network more valuable. It is kind of like controlling the English language, the APA, and these other places. They and it's common for older people to complain about slang that's being used by younger generations, and then the APA will try, people will try to have all these, you know, style guides or these appropriate grammar rules and things, but in reality, the English language is just, it just does whatever it wants to do. And we have, we new words just appear, stuff like Kafka-esque or something that are just <laughs> out of people, and we have, like, the words just, the words, they have a life of their own, and um, they, they, it, and so it's like, Seed, what if someone said, like, you're going to seed control of the English language to people who are using AOL Instant Messenger? You see what I mean? Like, that's kind of how I would translate that because it's I like, it's yeah, a reasonable point, ex except yeah. that in this case, I mean, like, you don't have core developers in language, right? Like, you don't have, you don't have people that are, like, you have linguists, but linguists analyze language. They don't make language, right? In this case, you actually have people making, uh, making this thing. So um, it, you do have a, a sort of centralized control of the project via, you know, these programmers. And but I don't, that's, that's kind of the problem. That should be, that should be a problem that we need to solve. I don't know. I don't know how you necessarily get around that, though. I think that that is kind of the point of the side chains, though, which is that if you want to go with a different team, you spin this thing up, and then you're over there with them. Or if you want to, even if you want to make a team of one, and you want to be the only developer on your project, you 
sort of could with sidechains. It's not completely as this permissionless innovation 100%, but it's obviously right now there's it's 0%. If you want to do something that's a hard fork, you have to leave the project and go somewhere else. And another thing I think that you have to resolve with your thesis is this. You, I think that the thesis that sidechains are better for altcoins or that they would have prevented the altcoin crisis, mm-hmm. um, I think it belies the fact that altcoin makers are here to get rich. They, they weren't yeah, here. Yeah, I think you're right. I, that we've, I think you and I have talked about this before, that like just we really underestimated the sheer Greed? energy behind this <laughs> scamming, right? You know, it's like... It's like wow, like there's nothing that they won't do, and there's nothing that people won't fall for. Like I don't think Dash would have ever done a side chain because I think not. that like but Evan think, wanted to make a lot of money on Dash. Yeah. Well, what I say, the speech I usually give is that it would remove the pretext. So if there was this, if there was this history of side chains existing, you could argue it in court that they were definitely scamming because they could exactly have just used because money. you would, and even if it were just the court of public opinion, you could say. Well, Why didn't the use the sidechain? Yeah, like what the and they're like and then they'll say, oh, because we want to do all this great dark sand technology, and it's like, oh, but can't you already do that? And then so that so that is so it, and I think there is a little bit of uh, that is a good argument. Or it's a good position to take because people very often do use pretexts to do almost everything complicated that involves groups. So it's a big. Right. It's a, it's a, that's the thing that people do, and they're very good at it, and they will use pretexts for things. So they I will. Do think, I do think it's dangerous to argue for sidechain from the per, from the point of removing pretext, because like if you remove one pretext, you're simply going to have people invent a new pretext. I know that's that is that I agree with you. I think. I mean, eventually well, can, we'll remove them all, and then there won't be any. But I mean, that's the hope. Forever, but it, like, right? it's it's not code. Like yeah. you can't remove all pretexts. You just need a good salesman in there to like develop a new one. Yeah, what about when your family all, is yeah. put up uh, against a wall and going to get shot? Then you need an altcoin. Let me talk about let me talk about alt altcoin scams though, because I I would say that if an investment product doesn't make any sense and it still goes up in value you need to blame the victims and uh and the only the only way to teach people to do something that um that will make more sense is for the the market to uh to to correct them if they don't if they don't want to think ahead then what the only thing that that will change their behavior is corrections from the market and right now, th- there are no corrections from from the market, because as as we agreed earlier, the 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 point that uh, the purpose that Bitcoin serves now doesn't doesn't really depend on uh, whether whether it's Bitcoin or whether it's an altcoin. Yeah, that is something else that might change if there was one dominant coin that had side chains that was like future proof. Kind of, because then people would say, "Oh, this is really the only one that's going to serve that purpose. These other ones are just weird science projects or just giant scams." So it still is possible. But Josh, your argument was sort of something along the lines of um, like side chains wouldn't get a lot of support because people would still be supporting the scams. And well, the, the, I think the that's scams, probably true. Yeah, the scams wouldn't have used. I mean, they're still scams. Like they're run by scammers. These aren't charitable people who are like, "What is the best way?" 
for me to implement yeah, this wonderful course, right? science. The most efficient, right? yeah, the most technically right. efficient. They're, they're, uh, they're sitting yeah. there, they're like, how can I extract most money from you know these believers? And they've done a really effective job at it because right. like, and they're getting know, better, it's getting worse and worse. Like there's just more and more organized. That's so. because there's more and more money here. Yeah. Like, like what do you do when Wall Street shows up? Like I was talking to a hedge fund a few months ago. And I was asking them what they were investing in. And they were said, they said that there's a few things that we think are scams. We're putting a little bit in. There's a few things that we don't think are scams. We're putting a little bit in. And then there's <laughs> things that we're long on. And I was like, well, what are you long on? And they're like, well, there's this one project that we really like. It's a, uh, a sneaker provenance uh, uh, blockchain. Yeah, great. And I said, I was like, Do you know, did you know that that sneaker provenance blockchain, um, or sorry, it was the medical device uh, to your home of, over, uh, uh, what do you call it? Internet of Things. No, 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 not Internet of Things. It was those flying thingies. What do you call <laughs> those? Drones. drones. <laughs> they're going to drop drones, like pilot oh all drones off of your house. And, and like they uh, on blockchain. Well, it was on blockchain. They put the blockchain. Uh, they put the signature in the window so that I could talk to the window and come directly into your home. And what's funny about oh, that project? Wow. It was a remake of a project that a few months earlier had had proposed a blockchain and raised money for sneaker provenance. So like they didn't know that history. I knew that history and it's hilarious. And they, they, they're long on that project. And I'm like, none of that is a blockchain. That's not a blockchain. Like uh, putting a blockchain in your window is not, is not an idea. So like, I, there's it's so much, money, <laughs> so much money coming here. And like, you're right. The smart thing to do if you're smart money is to index your stupidity, but like, that's not what's going on. Like, there's a bunch of investors here. The smart money is putting their money into like full on Ponzi schemes, just full on Ponzi schemes. <laughs> well, you know, I got the project, you know, um, prediction markets could be used. You could, you could sort of bet that the project would collapse and then kind of pop the bubble, like, like blow up the self-fulfilling prophecy in, in reverse. So prediction markets are kind of an antidote to the, I, I think I've changed my mind on prediction markets, Paul, and uh, and for reasons oh, yeah. that I, I don't think I could have foreseen. What is what? What was your original mind? Well, my mind? my original big problem with with prediction markets is that they they do not have liquidity. Oh, there's a thing for that though in my project. There's a little there's a little formula for that automated market maker that Robin Hanson invented. Granted, okay, but that said, I think that in a market it costs where, money though, no free lunch, of course, right. But I think I think that with with regard to like the liquidity problem, I think that in some ways the ICO market is proving to me that the liquidity even anything crisis, can have liquidity. <laughs> well, not just that the liquidity crisis that like bef like that befalls these like prediction markets, um, with something like a permissionless uh, blockchain can actually possibly be overcome. Oh yeah, you know I think you're right because because we would wonder like why did Intrade um, why was it why was the uh, Liquidity so low, and you could say because everyone, no one was interested, or you could say because it was just too annoying. It was just really fucking hard. And I think, and, yeah, I think you're right that that's a good, that's another point in favor of my project. And and I think, easier. I think additionally, uh, I think there's another issue, which is that in trade in most prediction markets. I mean, I hate to say this, but prediction markets are essentially an American invention. This is where this is where they're tried. Um, this is where they've really kind of flourished. It's like UK a little bit now. There, there's been a little bit, player. but like I, I don't understand. Like I think a prediction market. I think a prediction market is probably somewhat of a zero sum game. 
particularly in the sense that like if a block if they're on a blockchain i think you don't want like multiple markets for will hillary clinton become president i think you want maximum liquidity in one market uh for that to be for that to be true and i think that i I think that in that sense it, it might be that a prediction market does in fact need to be on a blockchain and uh, I don't know that it regresses. Like, I mean, maybe it regresses to a uh, an assassination market, um, but I, I don't no, think I it does. I wrote a giant thing about that. <laughs> you don't. Everyone keeps bringing that up. I wrote a giant thing about that. Put it on the front page. Well, I think the assassination market thing is exactly the same thing as a liquidity problem. I think that very few people would bet on assassination markets. Right. Um, First of all, it's a free rider problem. Right. So it's like no one. Everyone would be hoping that everyone else. Right. The other thing is that you can, with uh, the conditional markets that I advocate, which are actually even cheaper than not like doing it in separate markets, you can you can make money if you're right about the person being wrong for the jobs. You can say, well, this president is not as good as the other president that I would have liked, but at least I'm making money hand over fist as they as they drive up the unemployment rate and ruin the country. So let, let, you Paul, let me adjust. Profit off of off me, of the, of being right, and then they can profit off of being right and having the person be fired and replaced right. with someone else. So it's even better. You know, instead of paying to get rid of someone, you make money by getting Correct. rid of them, and no one dies. So it's like people still, people still gonna keep bringing up that. What, what do you do? What do you do when like it's? What, what do you do when like Jeff Bezos uh, being fired is not a real thing, but the prediction market, uh, the, the guy like someone, someone has driven it up to like uh, you know they're gonna make a million dollars. They would just lose money. <laughs> But they're on the board. They're on the board of Amazon. They're like, look, Jeff. The prediction market says that you got to be fired. I, I, oh, I have to oh, do no, it. That's what I'm hoping. Don't you understand? That's the that's the vision. That's yeah, the vision. Is yeah. that, that, yeah, here's that's the stock price had to happen. That'd be great. Yeah, really. Because right now the CEO does not compete the same way that like uh, like a janitor competes or a waitress competes or something like that, where there's they're being scrutinized and they can be fired if they underperform. The CEO is only held in check by. The board of directors which is held in check by the shareholders but the shareholders are not they have to like do things like vote which they mostly don't do and the board of directors is as a result mostly the ceo's friends and they it's all it's no good it's the exact same problem of the president of the united states just slightly smaller but so the vision is for both the president of the united states and the ceo to be subject to companies. exactly to be say Oh, I'm sorry. You know, we like you, but uh, the stock price will go up by four cents if we replace you with this other guy. So we have to do it because we have a fiduciary duty. And yeah, well, like I mean, people complain about like CEO bonus pay and all this other stuff. It's like now there's nothing you can do about it if they do something like that. But with really this, it's like they can only if they're worth the salary. So it's just it's just free markets kind of all around, especially for. The I have CEO, whereas today they have a kind of they kind of have almost a little bit of an out on the CEO. I want to I want to address real quick a, a point that someone is making in uh, the 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 chat here. Um, Jal Turi says that smart money being dumb is not using the term smart money properly. Uh, I I I can't stand when people call me out for being an idiot. Um, although <laughs> although they're right. Um, but no, Jal, that's not what I said. I didn't say that smart money is being dumb. What I well, I, I mean, I, I guess I did. But uh, but that's I'm not I'm not saying that that's unprecedented. I'm just saying that that's the state of nature right now. That in fact, smart money is being dumb, and, and they're uh, they're inter- intertwined. You know, I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt, but we're saying that with this talk about network effects, and that I bring up the QWERTY keyboard and Esperanto in the in the you do. paper, which and is Dvorak. like yeah, Dvorak. and exactly. So it's like what? So 
it's kind of like um, you know you, you're kind of you're you're stuck with whatever the the dumbest people believe it after a certain point. Right, and I, and that's the, that's actually the bet that the smart money's making is that the dumb people yeah. who are, are right. doing this, well will outweigh them or something. So right, and, and that's, that's exactly what's going on. Yes, and, and 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 I think it's it's yet to be seen what's going to happen because like the the thing is this: what really bothers me about the state of nature as it is right now is that there's a lot of things out there that these blockchains that are making the people that are releasing these blockchains, the people that like Jeremy Gardner and such are promoting, like they're they're advocating things that blockchains simply don't do. They just don't. So then the question is, what's gonna what's gonna be left when all of the sulfur burns away? Anti Hayek thing. You know, I well, you know I agree with you. I mean, I'm like, well, like, who are we kidding here? Like, these people are all they have no idea what they're doing. They, they can't find a coconut on coconut. Yeah, well, I mean, but no, but my, my point is Paul, to think that nobody understands Bitcoin and everybody is just kind of bullshitting about it. My but point. We should let level. people try their dumb blockchain project. Of course, just but but my, up, my point, so. Paul. My point, Paul, isn't that they're isn't that those that they shouldn't be able to do that. My point is that like they're doing things that blockchains themselves do not do. So they're well, they're and it affects it affects us. Right. And, and and the, the, so the question is, the question is that the thing that a blockchain does, which essentially is, you know, the transfer of uh, this thing in a ledger to, to this place, like from this place to this place, that's Probably essentially say message ordering or something. Right. Message ordering. Um, that's anyone being in charge or something. That's like that. really all it does. So the question is whether the, the things that you're appending to the activity of a blockchain are, are enough to make people move over. And when all is said and done, when, uh, when you go before Jesus Christ himself and he burns away all of your deeds and you look at what's left, um, it, are, does it in in the end um does did these like extra features these extra blockchain features these things that really are not endemic to a blockchain did they matter did were they enough to kind of pull away the network effect from the thing that is sort of the pure blockchain um and and i i've always thought that that's not going to happen i always thought that the best thing to do is to bet on the efficient blockchain the thing that is sort right, of right exactly right you would think that's what you think but that's what i i suggest like and I and I say as I say in the piece and I say it today, it's like I think it's still far and above the best bet. The Bitcoin maximalism is still like you know, I still consider myself to be an adherent to the religion, so to speak. But <laughs> um, it's uh, well, again, we, it's it's about what's probabilistic, on, well, which is what blockchains are all about. You you might be you might be betting on Esperanto, which is the which is horrible to conceive of, but which Vitalik we, we live in a world where we have the QWERTY keyboard and we have, yeah, we have Vitalik and we have um, <laughs> all this other stuff, right? We have all this nonsense, but the English language is very, very inefficient to learn and speak and write. Or, well. or betting, or betting. I mean, like betting on Windows when like Mac exactly, comes Windows, along, right? Exactly. Like right, this is exactly. that's that's. I mean, I think it's an important question that quote-unquote maximalists have to deal with. But again, maximalism, in my opinion, has always been about what is most likely. And in the way that you, in the way that blockchains transactions don't actually settle, that you're probably, you're the probabilistic owner of these coins to a degree. In that same way, what the, the question that maximalism asks is which blockchain is most probabilistically going to be the victor? I don't think that's fundamental because I think everything's probabilistic. I, I think that it's more probable. It's math like in blockchain, it's quantifiable. I don't think that all things are quantifiably uh, probabilistic. I think you may be right about that, but I mean, I could couldn't I quantify like if I went to Bank of America down the street and then how likely you are to survive that trip? I don't know. Like, <laughs> or they would just like lose, they forget about my deposit or something. Yeah, base rates matter, my friend. Yeah. 
I don't know. Um, but so, yeah, back to the point. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the I, I, these papers are interesting. I mean, like I, I would like to talk a little bit about um, sort of where like the questions you have about uh, side chains, what you like, what are, what are your options now that like, it seems like core is kind of ignoring your proposal. Well, that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you guys about. Like, I mean, there are a couple options, you know, like one is just you, you user activated soft work, but I, I don't know about that one. That seems kind of, um, that's heavy handed sort of. And the other one is, you could just do a hard fork, kind of like um, Bitcoin Cash did. Also bad in a way, but you, I would do it. I think I would do it a lot better than they did it. Where I would have, you know, no replay protection, and I would, I would maybe even do some fancy tricks where I could add large block sidechain to it. But you see, there's almost too many options that it becomes like very difficult. They they all get tangled with each other uh, very quickly. Do you say no uh, replay protection? In order to force yeah. exchanges, to, in order to force exchanges to basically yes. uh, launch it, I do that to, pre to prevent a veto from these other people, like Brian Armstrong. If they if they decline to list the coin on their exchange, it doesn't matter because it's already listed because it's because they because they hold it. Yeah, yeah well, the, the advantage of no replay protection is that you can continue to index. You stay in the Bitcoin index fund. Even as you uh, after the fact, right? Change you you uh, you Edge spend bitches. Yeah. So 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 I would do it a little differently. Uh, I would probably. I mean, I will. So like that's kind of what I want to talk to you guys about. Like, what do you think? Um, like, would be the best thing? But well, there are a couple ideas. One is to would be to try not to compete. They they kind of vary on how cooperative versus competitive they are. But I think a very competitive one would be to hard fork away and add uh, not only HiveMind as a side chain, but add a large block side chain um, to try and get both groups and maybe change the proof of work algorithm to try and get Luke Jr. group and maybe also ensure that the host blockchain is smaller, is to also get the Luke Jr. type small block group and then make the large block even bigger to try and get the cash group. Uh, but you also advocate in your paper uh, only if, if you're going to change POW to only make that to make that the only change in that yes, in fork, right? So, would, exactly. That's another thing I would thank you for bringing that up because I, it I read be it, Paul. I know, I know that you, you don't think I can it. read, but I did read it. Did it was very it, right? fucking long. I know. Yeah, you people are like, how can papers. you write so long about that? Holy shit! But uh, the, one of the one design. Uh, advantage would be to keep the, the code bases very, very, very similar to someone else's so that you can just keep copying stuff in, even if you don't agree with it or if you think it's crazy. So, uh, and you know, the Bitcoin uh, core code base is very, very, very high quality. And I mean, these, according to me. <laughs> in some ways, in, right, in some ways you're, I mean, what's what's fucked up about hard forks, and, and this is, this is uh, I think, like, the, the reality is that, like, hard forks are a little bit like the creation of bills in Congress. And you have this weird political process where everyone wants to sort of attach their riders to the to the hard fork. Yes, and I think exactly. that, that could right. be really fucking dangerous. Absolutely. Right. And I you saw it, we saw it happen with Ethereum Classic, which could have been a great project, but it was immediately sunk with the riders, I thought. And I also thought that uh, I also think Bitcoin Cash also the same thing where they said 
it's all because those guys don't know what they're talking about. See, there's a, that is, I think you, that's a perfect metaphor for it, really, because if you think that there is a mistake in the existing work, you should only change that one mistake. But you can't because you have to have the again. You do the math in terms of like I mean, you did the math and in, in terms of who who you might want to who you might want to bring aboard. So like you say, what Litecoin, Ethereum, etc., make up like what fifty one percent or something like that of the users. Yeah, you know, the depressing thing is that just that Ethereum is such a large portion that if you wanted to cross like a fifty percent or sixty percent threshold, you would only need that. But Ethereum is a ridiculous project. So, but, but this is for the fusion idea. Sure, um, but I'm, I'm just saying, like for, for something like a UASF or something, you need you like you're you're talking political factionism. Like you need you, absolutely you need these are, people right. well, to bring. The thing is, you in one sense it should be uh, it would be an easy win because if you did UASF and you forced the split, there would be two networks that would be exactly the same. One would have sidechain option, and the other would not. Um, and so you'd think that you would win, but uh, you know it's like obviously it's a risk, and it's. Um, Luke Luca Perchik is asking. Luca Perchik is asking why not federated pegs. Well, see that they're not really a not, because that's not really anything. That's well, this, just this, goes the this goes to the structure of what drive chain is because drive chain fundamentally, I mean the, the entire yes. point of drive chain is that it's really really difficult to get out of uh, out of the side chain um, for security reasons. Um, Correct. But and 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 that's that's fundamentally solved essentially by by market exchanges. You could have like um, you're going to want some. You have an alternative that's faster. That yeah, doesn't need to be pegged because it will be pegged by just the market. Right, and 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 through arbitrage. So like you have this like that that that's essentially the federated peg is a different mechanism. And I like federated pegs. Um, I like federated. I like federated sort of models. I think a great example of that is Counterparty, where they have a federated server model, um, but they're fundamentally less secure. They uh, right. So they are. It's a, it's kind of a contradiction in terms. The phrase federated. Perch it. Okay, perch it. Is, it's kind of a. Um, it's kind of just an oxymoron. Like it's not. That's the opposite. That's the whole point of the blocks is that there was there is no group. See, uh, the, what's great about a blockchain is it recovers from mistakes without anyone doing anything. So it it recovers from error. A federated peg is right. A federated peg is not like a protocol solution. It's a solution exactly. by like a small group of voters, and like you, there's a lot of problems with them. You can do things like DDoS the federated the peg itself. Um, I mean, there's a lot of security concerns, but also like Think about it's it, like, fundamental. It's a really big scale. It's like, fundamentally if it, if it has millions and millions of dollars, and it's just a couple people, and or hundreds people, of thousands of users, right? People plant drugs on those people, or they all collude and just take it all. It's like it's not. It's not really. It's not what we came to Bitcoin for. We came to Bitcoin to get away from uh, that the Satoshi's invention mining is what I like what I like about drive rejection. chain but uh, Paul I, I, drive chain does have some of the same problems as something like a lightning network right like for example with lightning network someone can steal, steal money out of a channel right so what yes. the solution if, uh, there is the solution to lightning network is watchtowers well they yeah they have a couple things where they make it efficient to backstab the person they, they lose uh, their money. Time. They lose their bonds. Um, they pay a high transaction fee with that. Um, 
Yes. So Dr that, uh, a long opportunity to sound the alarm and a reward if someone sounds the alarm. Which and sounds very familiar because yeah. I think that they stole that uh, right out of the drive chain idea. I, I think <laughs> fundamentally. No, they, I don't think so. uh, no, I think they did. I think that that is literally uh, derived from the drive. I mean, not it's, well, it's not time. It's what open source is. It's to iterate on ideas. And I think the fact well, that you had this time mechanism, it's, it, it functions exactly the same as the time mechanism in drive chain. Well, let's say in, uh, in Truthcoin as well, I do the same thing where I say we don't resolve any of the questions for a really long time. And then if you there's a reward, if you if someone backstabs the truth and someone backstabs that person, they lose their bonds. The second person gets the most money out of the honest people get more money. But the, 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 pers the first person who backstabbed the truth is the, the biggest loser. So there is a there's an incentive to backstab to double cross the double crosser or what have you so but I think that's just I'm not sure I just think that's just a good idea <laughs> well I, I think that's that's a good idea as well but like so I mean it, let's say that there is an entire watchtower uh, sort of mechanism that's built up as a result of lightning network which I think there actually will be because I think lightning network is kind of a cool tech I mean couldn't you couldn't you just take the same watchtowers that are watching lightning network and basically co-opt them to do the same thing with drive chain pegs and no, it's very easy with drive, with drive chain it's a little easier to watch and you watch for the entire chain. So you can kind of free ride a little bit uh, um, of people's watching. But uh, it's just, it is a little different because, well, they're, they're similar and different. I don't know if we want to go into a big. Uh, I, I, I have some, in, some advice because I think we got off the topic yes. of, of advice. Yes. So Maybe we did. Yeah, I, think so. I think the most important thing to do is what you're already doing, which is to be willing to help anybody who does want to turn on drive chains, no matter who they are. And that maximizes the competition to people who are not listening to you. That probably does put a lot of pressure on, on uh, the, the current developers too, for Bitcoin. That's, that's pretty good. Well, yeah. Well, competition is best for the consumer. It's well, not you, good for the producer. Just, have you, you know, sought out? Have you sought out? I mean, like, like, for, is is there a fundamental reason why drive chain couldn't be implemented on something like Monero? Well, no, I don't don't think don't, so, seek, don't seek them out unless you invest in Monero first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Prediction markets. Yeah, uh, I, I. There's no fundamental reason. It's just like you know, um, you know how it is. You write the code for one thing, and it's just easier to. Just, not write it again, but yeah, I think you're right. Uh, it could that would be kind of I hadn't that hadn't really crossed my mind, but that would be funny because Monero is very different. You know, Monero is written from scratch versus Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin, Feathercoin. Those are all forks of each other. Mimblewimble. So very, 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 very similar. Mimblewimble is also from scratch, I think, right? In I believe so. Yeah. What are they? Glee or whatever they're fucking grin. 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 Yes. I, I, that one really bothers me more than anything. Is that like? Isn't that shocking? Or? I put that well, in the paper. That even that is going to be an altcoin. Not well, I, I I I heard that from from Jay in uh, in New York, the uh, the BitDevs, the, the the guy who runs BitDevs up there, and he was talking about Grin. And like, I think Mimblewimble is a really cool project, but like, I thought we were implementing that into Bitcoin. So like, now it yeah. seems to me that like even the core, a lot of the core developers have themselves sort of seated this position that like altcoins are not only legitimate, but that like, um, you know, Isn't they're more shocking? than just testnet scams. Well, it, it seems, it, it seems ideologically misaligned with the project. I know. I, I, I'm at a, I don't know what to think about. I mean, that's, I think that is the ultimate, like, that's and the, the, and the only reason that's to, 
the only reason it's not being criticized by the core developers, in my opinion, is that it's developed by a core developer or right, a developer of right. <laughs> So like, I mean, it's, so there's no it's kind of weird, right? It's like right. not a principal discussion anymore because when they do it, it's okay. And, and you know, there's there's that? there's Zcash, which was a similar thing where like the core core was pretty silent on Zcash um, because a lot of a lot of people that had contributed to core um, were also contributing to Zcash despite that. But there was a little bit more criticism of Zcash and like Grin. Grin, everyone seems to be like and it really scares me to see core all in on Grin, like to see uh, people in core being like, yeah, I'm going to put lots of money into that. Um, and, and people are really excited about a project because they're fundamentally like, I like the idea of Mimblewimble. I don't know how it works technically, but I like the idea of it. I like a privacy feature. I like privacy coins. Um, I like the idea that you have like a little bit like more fungibility in something. I think that's what we need in Bitcoin. I thought that's what Greg Maxwell was working on. Um, and it really scares me to see people who have been like staunch core supporters being like, yeah, I absolutely love this project. It's great. I'm going to invest in it. Um, that's very scary. So I mean, like I think I think I think Daniel's advice. I mean, I think that's that's good, really good advice because I think I think that core needs a little pressure right now. Not just for your project, but for like generally, just acting good. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. Like, what what is? I I'm not sure what to make of it because you when you see something like that with Mimble Wimble, then it's like, oh, okay. Um, it kind of suggests a lot of different things that uh, if something is a really good idea, if they think of something really great, they will abandon Bitcoin for it. To that, some that's extent. fundamentally what I think is a little bit scary is that if they're, if right. they're willing to kind of like, I mean, if, 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 you know, Adam back has all of his money in Bitcoin and then 30% of it goes into grin. Um, I mean, suddenly you, that's a, that's a security risk in some ways. Like that's, it's that's, kind of a conflict that's, of interest. that's Bill Clinton fucking a Russian spy, you know, like it's, it's not, it's, it's a little bit like, well, like now we're susceptible. Like why, why wouldn't he leave the project? Um, if this other project is extremely, is, is something that catches his interest. There's no so, loyalty. Um, this brings me to Daniel's point. Exactly. of advice is that you should do a fork without replay protection, oh, yeah. uh, because that is that is an attempt to take over control. And if they don't want control, you you know you should be able to take over. Then you'd be in charge <laughs> of the core chain, which would Daniel, be great. do you want do you want Paul in charge well, of the chain? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, the clever thing is, it, it, it's actually a demonstration that I wouldn't be in charge of the chain because what it would actually demonstrate is that it's up for grabs. If your ideas aren't as good, then someone can just show up and take. Well, your your ideas are good. Over. Just you would be yeah. in charge, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, but see, that's the point. I wouldn't be in charge and if I if I thought of if I had bad ideas. If I did Star Wars Episode Two, then yeah. it would be it would they'd just come right in and they'd. Someone else would be. We would iterate again, and it would so be fundamentally. That would be perfect. I think you run. Good. I think you run a big risk by doing that, though, because like if you fail, that's kind it's of the end of your project. Yeah, no, it, no, it is not, because he can continue to be open-minded about helping anybody who yeah. wants to implement it. It's. It is a little of both. It's like it's. In one sense, of course, it's with, not the end with the pack of failure. Anything again, but it's kind of just like oh, like it is like why they don't run the same candidate for election like after they lose <laughs> just like okay so let me awesome. let me give my third piece of advice don't yeah. think about how to win think about what will maximize the value of your 
uh, your chain at well, the moment it starts running. <laughs> Sorry, at the moment it starts running. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's a critical moment. So that's going to be difficult. Daniel's I, I filled with like real advice. This, I had it this in the thing where I said you would. I would want to delay the announcement for a while to give everyone a chance to like warm up to it and decide how they feel about it because I think if it's too quick, everyone will. There's a sense in which you would inspire some panic. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a good. That's a very good principle. Well, um, I do. Is I, it supposed to be hard? Let's see. We have a good, We have to go back on something. It's like we are talking about hard fork of Bitcoin Core only. I think. And but we did talk about in the Twitter chat right before this. We were talking about this something about the the fusion idea or that's what i wanted to um, mention was can we talk about right. how you're discussing implementing because like look like i think that fundamentally it's a very difficult um it's a very difficult thing to fathom sort of the overtaking of uh or the, the enticement of like a group of people to your project right exactly. and and i think the fusion idea is an interesting one um it's fundamentally against most of what you stand for but, I know it's weird. It's but, uh, it's very weird, and I, I worry the fact that, that it's, it's possible. Essentially, what you're saying is, well, it's possible, so it should be done, um, which I think is a weirdly reasonable point. <laughs> no, it, like it, it may be done. I say it may it may li it's likely to be done. By but someone. you might as I mean it, it might as well be done, and I, I find yeah. that to be. But but I do have some issues with it, and let's let's talk a little bit about the fusion idea, um, and let me bring up sort of my my thoughts on it. Um, cause we, we talked well, about introduce, what it basically is, is you, uh, you would, you, it's a, it's adding a side chain basically by a, by a hard fork instead of a soft fork. So you soft fork the side chain in, but you hard fork and you generate a bunch of cash out of thin air to, to deposit into the side chain such that you've made everyone whole over and, there. And by cash, you mean, them, you mean Bitcoin. I, I mean, Bitcoin, you, I mean, you would have, cryptocurrency but, but the advocacy essentially is to have more than. 21 million bitcoins right so it is that's the first faq question of course is about like how insane is that um but i bring up some points as to why it may not be totally a non-starter because in particular if you fuse core and cash most people have not split their coins actually so for those people it's just like switching from dollars to cents and they don't actually get any um any inflation tax um but in general it's just like any compromise would be inferior to you winning, you competing and winning. So that's just kind of the nature of, of what it is. Um, but yeah, that's the, that's the basic idea is you leave, you leave all the networks relatively the same. And you try to replay, there's no mandatory replay protection on any of them. And you try to replay transactions on all of them. You try to copy the code from all their development teams. So basically so the proposal is you, everyone's work. You, fork, you fork every single coin. And you yeah, assign right. them all a peg, and to a new uh, thing that you've also forked. So you fork like Bitcoin Core, the host. You're gonna hard right. fork that a couple times, and every time you do, you add all these new you add all these new chains to it. And then you, the goal is to try and persuade everyone to switch from there. It's like a, it's kind of like a so here's, or something. Right. <laughs> you try to get and everyone I, into the tent. So the weird the weird thing is this, like, so. You end up then with two, like you'd have two versions of Dash, right? You'd have yeah, right, exactly. Dash one that's in the the fused thing, and one that's the regular Dash that we know today. So, so fundamentally, I, I don't think it solves the problem because what you end up with is like you'd have a bunch of people taking one Dash and selling it for the other Dash, depending on whatever they want. Um, 
and yes. you would you just end up with double the number of dash coins you would have a bitcoin bitcoin cash situation exactly the same um the difference is that one would one would decrease or increase the number of bitcoins okay um, can, can i think that's a lot simpler than than you're making it out to be i mean i think i think the best thing really is to just maximize the number of investments that intelligent people would know something about how to use because to me, that's what's been missing in Bitcoin is investment products that an intelligent person would know what to do with. See, as if you just have those, then that will attract that will attract the people that I'm interested in. Well, what do you mean by that, Daniel? Well, like, uh, well, so I think I got it. I think what he's saying is that I shouldn't worry about it being too confusing to explain because it, it just people will be able to figure out why they want it. I, that's maybe what I was thinking you were saying. Yeah, so you should you should automate uh, if if you can, you should you should automate these and just uh, see how many you can you can turn on at at once um, as easily as possible. And I'm sorry, I have one more thing I want to go go back to because uh, uh, Joshua, earlier you said that you might that or that Paul might be taking a big risk by uh, making the, the non-replay protection fork. But I would argue that the, the, the core developers are putting other people in a position where they have to take big risks when dealing with them because they are not very good at being cooperative. Well, so I would, I would argue that somebody who does take a big risk is uh, increasing his chances of winning. It, it's because he is doing doing the thing that's more likely to be successful. But you should also try to be less risky in other other areas. So you should you should if there's one thing that's good to be risky, you also need to do other things with different communities that are less risky. So I, my I third agree, piece of advice is is to also implement these on Bitcoin Cash because people are going to be a lot more cooperative or at least that is that's my my impression. I agree with you in principle, but my, my point is that reputational risk comes with it. Uh, it's it's a little bit of a different kind of risk than the other risks. So for example, taking reputational risk and deleting it is going to make it very difficult to be cooperative with other chains because yeah, they're going to be- Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're both right. I think I understand your point, Josh, is that you want to not be some guy who just tries things. Oh, that's the guy that you failed. Only do, right, exactly. Bitcoin. You want to do only, you want people, when you try something, you want people to pay attention because of that guy. P Peter Todd is, is Peter Todd is a good example of this. I mean, every single time Peter, like a major project has happened on Bitcoin, Peter Todd will come out and say that he has a competing project that he's working on that's going to kill that project. Every single time. He's done it with Tyrion. I don't love Tyrion. It's not my favorite project, but, but Peter Todd hates Tyrion. He did it with Counterparty. He said that he had a competing project that was going to kill Counterparty. Um, he's got all sorts. I, I, I think I heard him uh, do it with Hivemind. I'm not sure. But like, he's always got a competing project that's coming out someday that's going to kill the current state of like whatever. Um, so like, he did it with DriveChain. He said um, client-side validation. Yeah, that's right. He did it with he did it with drive chain. So like yeah, yeah. Peter Todd, Peter Todd is a great example of someone that when he speaks about something coming out for Bitcoin, I I am just like, I love you, dude, but like fuck your ideas. You you've never implement you've implemented exactly one thing. And uh and and I mean he's he's done he's done amazing work, right? Like uh N Lock Time Verify, I think he was 
instrumental in in putting together. Check lock time, whatever. It's all the same, Paul. They all do the same thing. They all. Yeah, I think I think Joshua is bullshitting you here, Paul. Talk talk is cheap. He's telling you to focus on whether whether people are listening to your cheap talk, and I don't think you should do that. Well, I'm, I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying that that's a risk. I, I, I'm not saying don't do it. What I'm saying is that, like, the, in the assessment of the risks going going into something like this, um, I mean, because like threatening to fork Bitcoin is viewed as and correctly viewed as a hostile, um, a hostile incorrectly, incorrectly viewed as it is a cooperative as it's correctly viewed as political and not technical. So yes. the question is like, is it better? Are you to, 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 which, making which, it better or worse? This well, is that's the thing. Like, if, but I, have my own thing, like, so I would like if, if we could do uh, futures markets, then that would be the best of all because that would be the lowest risk for everyone. We could see if anyone would like this idea enough to turn it on. And uh, then that would be that. That would be nice, right? Because then if you did a yeah, future But see, no one, is ever, no one ever wants to do that. I, I, maybe I could go and I could say, look, you might make some transaction fees. People are very rarely as as I've tried to hype prediction markets for years. It's very really difficult to get anyone to care enough to add them, which is so. I would love if people would add that, but um, why don't you why don't you do it on Augur, Paul? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, so one day the launch. Still, still trying to get the that Ethereum gas code. Uh, still trying to crack that. Uh, trying to crack that puzzle do they even have a working that. product by the way i don't think that there's ever been a prediction made on auger as far as i can tell i don't it depends what you mean by they haven't launched so i think it, it depends what you mean by working product right like if, can you run a function somewhere there that doesn't crash that's a good probably. question <laughs> probably <laughs> but, but yeah they haven't launched so haven't i think launched. it's i think it's hilarious because like i mean essentially that is what auger is right it's a prediction market future well, you know, they kept changing it around. Like, I don't know what it. What really are they is now? now? <laughs> I just mean they kept changing, like the way they the way they do things. But yeah, they try to be pure pure prediction market and decentralized oracle thing because they keep trying to to make that um, make that work. But uh, for some reason, it's taking them lo longer than they thought. Well, that's because the problem isn't as easy as they claimed. Yeah, well, they I just have to copy what I just have to what I wrote down in my in my eighty page white paper. They just have to just do that, or, or they could just copy the code that we wrote in eighty pages is too long. In twenty fifteen, you should have given them check marks. I know. <laughs> I, should give, I should get around a checklist. See, that's the, well, that's the problem with the ICO, which is that all this money is up front. All these people quit afterwards immediately. No motivation to finish the project. This is, you know, endless. The the incentive problems are are terrible. Plus, they think it's just like you know when people change uh, the block time to two point five minutes in Litecoin, well, people will read, they'll read the white paper for Truthcoin, and then they'll just think, well, I could change all these things. Paul, what what are the better. changes that need to be made in Bitcoin in order to have drive drive chain work? I was no, gonna call it. I was gonna call it. I was gonna call it drive mind. Yeah, <laughs> we could. Uh, but yeah, there's just there's two soft forks, and I have the BIP uh, pull request. So packets in them to you. I think they're like 643 and 642 are the pull request numbers. That's not the BIP. But, but fundamentally, what just real quick, what are like what are those? Uh, so uh, well, yeah, the well, second one is blind merge mining, which is sort of optional, but I think it's just a no-brainer because uh, of the way. Eh, that's a, like a long story, but I'm I'm pro merged mining. I think most people don't understand what merge mining is, but so we could have that conversation if you want. But the drive chain one Nobody is- Nobody understands merge mining. 
You have to keep track of basically the, everyone has to keep track of the deposits into the side chain and the withdrawals. But the deposits are regular transactions, and the withdrawals are, are very rare, and they have to accumulate these little upvote, downvotes. So it's like Tether. Well, the, the more that you, thre yeah, the more that you threaten to do a fork, the more you're improving your reputation with me, as long as I think it's credible. Yeah, this is quite, yeah, see, see, that's smart. Dan has now made it so that I can only get one type of reputation at once, uh, which is clever, because I only care really about his reputation <laughs> with him. Right, because I'm the well, emperor of Bitcoin, that's so that's all that here. matters. You guys are here as my spiritual advisor. And, yeah, Dan Kravitz is Yahweh. I'm, he's gonna, I try to be. I try to be the devil on your shoulder, Paul. I'm in the center, <laughs> and I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to be on the side with Vitalik. I want to be in the center. Yeah, I, I do think. I do think that like forks are are really difficult. And I mean, I like here's here's the thing. Like the question, the question of a hard fork, uh, a sort of malicious hard fork, if you will, or a political hard fork, is that like who would you bring with you? Because a lot of the core developers wouldn't come. I know, but that's the point of the GitHub replay part, is that I just commit to no riders in the using of your, your bill metaphor, which is yeah. perfect. Um, so literally, perfect. it would just be the drive chain implementation. Right, and so even that, and I would just try to make it as, it would be sort and, of like Namecoin. And you'll give, it back to, you'll give it back to Vladimir when he I wants it. I think I would. I think I really yeah. would. Like, Vladimir, here you go. You can have my implementation. It's the I, new one. I thought about that, and I think I would have to, because I think, as I said before, if I needed to, Take control of it a second time. I it would just I, if as long as the ideas were still worse. Because you're not really I'm a programmer, right, Paul? Yeah, it's true that I'm, I'm really not very good, especially with C plus plus, which is the language of Bitcoin. The language of Bitcoin. Great. The language of Bitcoin, which is of course it's not really the language of Bitcoin at all, but it's the no. language of you know whatever the Bitcoin. The I need to speak it for this one purpose. But yeah, I'm not. Very, I mean, of course I am in some sense. Like I. I've worked as a programmer for. Like I feel like you're years. a programmer a la Adam Back in the way that he's a programmer. Like you I think can do, so. Yeah. You can do basic programming, uh, but it's conceptual programming more than anything. It's sort of like uh, Lockean programming, where you're like talking about the state of nature. In like, yeah, the yeah, Lockean. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. Yeah, like oh, I'm very uninterested in like memory management and oh those and like security and like uh, so I'm. In terms of like small, low level, like language type things like that. So I'm not actually interested in computer science itself. I am interested in using. Uh, I'm just basically interested in solving problems. This Luca, the Luca Perchich guy, keeps saying that like federated is more secure than side or than well, chain. That's an interesting point of view. I don't agree. Uh, it depends on what you mean by secure. Um, it's like one signature is more secure than any amount of hash rate. But the point, again, is that Satoshi invented mining. <laughs> this is the cat. We got a cat. We got four people now. We need to ask the cat's advice. <laughs> well, explain that, Paul. It's, it's one signature is more secure than mining, which, which yes, frankly, is the, the basis of, mining, of like proof of stake. Yeah. Uh, well, the point of mining is that we recover in case you know uh, a meteor strikes all the mining equipment and blows it up, or you in case know what? the mining equipment does, does the wrong thing. Or in, in case all the miners lose interest and they take up different hobbies and they need to stop, we have some way for the network to proceed. But if you have the federated thing and you lose the five or six people, then you've got to find five or six more people out of whatever it is. And the, state, and the state of the network is questionable. Right. You don't know how long they've been misleading you or doing anything else. Um, 
So it's just different. It's like those people would maybe be uh, arrested by the government or just killed by the mafia or something like that. Like it's just it's just a totally different thing. Well, so it's a different it's not, set of risks, right? Like right. that's that's essentially what it is. Like and the scaling my, is much worse because right. fine at when you, it's just you and your friends and you get two hundred bucks in there. But if you have two hundred million dollars in there and it's just five people go rogue, five out of nine. Which is, which is completely feasible. It's totally feasible, and they split it among themselves. Like, why? That will eventually happen, right? There's no way. So it's $40 million there's, each. There's also, there's, also no, there's no contract between, like, the federated, uh, the holders of the federated pegs and the the, the, the holders of the, the coins on the chain. So, right, like, not, not officially, and not, right. not, not in computer science, and not legally. And not, so, so, the question is do, do, like, in a federated peg model, d does that mean that you yourself, the, the person who has decided to run this federated peg, or this federated node, are you in fact a fiduciary of the people on the chain? Which is another, it's a completely different legal consequence um, and a completely different question than you have to ask with miners because miners are not fiduciaries in any way. Right. I think you're right. The federated people would be fiduciaries, right? Like, I think they else? have to be, right? Like, in order for there to be any teeth to the law. They're in charge of other people's monies. Which is fucked up because you have six year olds running pegs or running federated <laughs> notes. You well, yeah, could, that's the other thing. It's like, how are we going to pick these people? I would, um, I would, I would pick like uh, El Chapo and like. Right, they, uh, yeah, exactly. They would need like their own social security. I mean, not their own, their own secret service. Maybe Donald service. Trump could run one. Yeah, I know like, some uh, six-year-olds who would be great at it. <laughs> they, I'm sure they would be great, exactly. but like, is yeah. that like you, you, you honestly? All my nieces, all my cousins, and like at least other you could really young people, <laughs> friends of mine. Could do this. I like the idea of a factum, for example, being run by a bunch of like you know eleven-year-old guys in their in their home running these federated notes. Um, but I mean, fundamentally, like I, I I think the drive chain thing is a really amazing idea. But I I I don't know, Paul. Like I I the the use case that I see for it because I don't love the fusion idea for the reasons that I was saying earlier. I think fundamentally, what you do is basically get people who really buy into the Dash premise. You double their coins. They would sell them for Bitcoin and then buy more Dash on the old chain. Um, I'm a little worried about it myself. It may be too many weird things at once, but it, we can, let's talk about it later. That's what you were saying. Continue, please. Right. So I, I think that fundamentally, the, the the reality of the sort of drive chain or the drive chain problem is that the only real use case at the moment, as far as I can see, are two. Number one, uh, drive chain being used for like upgrading Bitcoin. I think that's a pretty cool idea. Uh, it, that was something Luke Dash Jr. had suggested to me. Uh, the second one is HiveMind. Right. Yeah, I think you you may you're right to bring that up. I think there are more. One is that I think you could what I what you might do is you might say, okay, instead of fusion, I'm going to hard fork Bitcoin Core, and then I'm going to add another. I'm going to add a side chain of Bitcoin of the forked Bitcoin Core, which maybe you would call Bitcoin Cash or you would call it like Bitcoin Giant Block or something like that. And for, and that one, you could actually double everyone's money. So everyone across the board. So there's no inflation tax. There's twenty. There's forty-two million coins instead of twenty-one. Exact same owners. And then you could say that chain could have a really large block size. You could run the large block, very very large block ex experiment over there, and you could run the small block experiment at the same time on the same network. And you could kind of try to get. See, it would be difficult because if you didn't do that, you would be basically asking the Bitcoin Cash people to jump ship. But you would be saying that they have to admit that Bitcoin BCH is there. They should give up on that and do this other thing. So it's kind of difficult to uh, please all the groups at once. Maybe all, all you have to do is make your your um, 
your your uh, what did you call it? Your merging? What, what word did you use? Fusion. Yeah, the fusion. Just make the fusion a better investment than Bitcoin Cash. I know. Well, it, it fundamentally yeah, would so, be. Uh, <laughs> well, I have a question. I have a fundamental question about drive chains specifically uh, to the fusion point. Um, and in thinking about the fusion thing, I, one of your fun, one of your arguments about drive chain and its efficacy has been the idea that drive chain is essentially pegged to Bitcoin, which is a good point, right? Well, that's the way it works. Is that you um, the coins you would you could earn on the side chain you could redeem for real Bitcoin core. So um, and weird right, non side chain so, Bitcoin. So my question to you is: Can you break the peg? by pre-mining uh what do you mean by that so like why not distribute to the the earliest people on your chain you know a hundred thousand of your coin um and then anyone who comes on like just deposits bitcoin into the peg they're now going to get uh some fraction of the coins that are allotted for like those you know th those that are mined right so now you have more coins than are in the peg essentially um, meaning that early adopters would hold the most money uh, and those who come later would hold uh, some value of the, the the coins in the peg asymptotic to uh, like some lower amount. I think it would still work that way even if you did nothing. I think I can answer your question a couple of different ways, I think, which is make me very concerned that I didn't understand it. <laughs> Probably, but I think the, the fusion thing would be its own Coin, like Bitcoin Fusion. Oh my God! Everyone register that domain name quick. <laughs> Done. But yeah, probably that's the lost cause already. But um, the uh, Bitcoin Fusion coin would be its own coin. It would rise its own market price, so it would rise and fall. So still, the early adopters would buy in at the cheapest in the, in a world where it was ultimately successful. So that's already the case. You could, to your specific question, I think you could create a bunch of coins in this system that were uh, that would only show up slowly over time so you kind of create them via inflation and then well just that, just let me like coins that way right so let's say there let's say you have a, a, a side chain with with uh, 10,000 coins total that's the issuance right and you pre-mine 5,000 right so like you issue the side mm. chain with 5,000 already issued to the people like to you know maybe 200 people and then someone wants in on your side chain so they deposit into the peg one bitcoin so that they get some issuance of like whatever this is right but like now in the peg there's only one bitcoin and it's uh it's distributed among what five the five thousand pre-mined coins plus like whatever that person has purchased uh, by, i see well, sense? I think that, I, yeah I, I understand your question but i don't think anyone would do it like that because what they would say is i don't want to put a coin in and said they'd want to do a, a swap or something. I think it's kind of like no one would want to do that. I think. I, I think you're you're right that it would seem that no one would want to do it. But like, I mean, this is Bitcoin, so. <laughs> I know, right? Like you're. I know, like why would I even say that? Like. Oh. <laughs> but I think instead, Please just just make the most interesting investment toys for intelligent people to play with. That that's and th those are the only people who whose reputation uh, among whose among whom your reputation matters. In my but opinion, I don't actually think that that is true because of what I wrote about the Esperanto. Like like it, it is. You do have to. I think I do have to worry about bringing over a lot of people. I think it is like the 
did I use the party metaphor or did I delete that part? I think okay, I wait, 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 wait. Right. No, I, I disagree. I think that you have to worry about bringing the first group of people over. And that's really your only job, okay? They have to worry about bringing the next group of people. Oh, the wow. noobs. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like, because it, we have this problem a lot in society today where everyone knows that we shouldn't. No one, you know, no one likes the Republican or Democratic either of the candidates. And we know that we, everyone hates them, but we, we know people can't all switch at the same time. And so that's just, just keeps happening. And now we're going to have The Rock be president. Yeah, we have the, uh, maybe we'll get, like maybe Oprah next will, or something like that. Like, like why not, you know? It sounds, sounds like it's on the table. Well, I think Oprah would be a great president. Yeah. So. You heard it first here, everyone. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, okay. So, I mean, Paul, what, what else do you got for us? What other questions? Well, Not, I, think, I, I feel very unqualified to answer anything from the great. No, but it's sports. like, you know, yeah, yeah, I know. It's the, like, the smartest man in Bitcoin. I don't even know if any, I, like, well, that's, I think it's a good sign now. <laughs> because most of the people who say that they're qualified are totally on a different planet or in a bad way. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, the question is really just like what to do, uh, next. And so we're trying to make it a little specific, I think. So I don't know, I'm not sure. Um, if I think what we were just talking about was, is it really enough to just make something that's better? And I don't think that that is enough. I think. No, 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 that's not enough. I'm, that's not what I'm claiming. Okay. But you say that all I need is to bring the first group over. So that's the. That group, the, that that group the reason they're the reason they're coming is because they have they have concluded that uh, that it can win eventually. Okay, but what do I do about core versus cash? I just no no cash because it's sort of like how sort of was leaning, but I'm not I don't know. It's, I think it's an open question. Oh, I think you should also do do cash. I think you, you should, should do, do it separately. Time. Yeah, okay. I mean well, the, the code kind of difficult because right the, the code, code the code I think is difficult, Paul. Like the code yeah. element, but like why why can't you submit a BIP to cash as well? Well, yeah. it would be a lot of work, <laughs> but it probably honestly it would probably be less work though because they are uh, open to hard forks, so I could just be like hard fork version. I mean, it would, it, like it maybe Litecoin because like Charlie Lee loves to uh, like I thought about Bitcoin. That I thought about that. Yeah, like that would be great. He he does love to do that because he just loves to pump Litecoin with. Of course he does. So, right. so good for him. I mean, I think, I it's funny. I, Charlie Lee. Um, it's kind of like uh, how you guys said like Marco Santori is like the smartest guy in all of Bitcoin. Or yeah. Something. It's kind of like Charlie Lee. It's kind of like I'm getting some kind of weird, weird little vibes when I think about Charlie. I'm like, did he like just. Totally you feel smart, like, everyone. Or you feel what? it in your pants too. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, I mean, but like, that's the thing. Charlie Lee like pumps Litecoin for years and then like sells out. And then, well, like he says it's he's got the best of all worlds because people think that he sold out. Yeah, which Maybe is it, great. He may or may not have. It doesn't matter. It's like, exactly right. He's the, he's just like so. The beauty of the beauty of the 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 function here is that you can say anything you yeah. want, and no one can really verify or de-verify what you said. It's like a, it's like, it's like a Kobayashi usual suspects. He's just like, what, what percent of it is real? Like we don't know. Man. Well. So uh, yeah. So I, think I, 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 I really think that like the whole point of this discussion is post maximalism. So that means you you do need to uh to subdivide your efforts. 
if, if you okay. are a post-maximalist. So it. I think the best, the best way to subdivide your efforts for now is, is the Bitcoin index fund. Okay, so um, like one, do the same, basically the same project, one of each. Do, yeah. I, hard, do I hard fork or soft fork cash? I think it's B. Uh, I, I guess soft, soft fork if they are interested they in being cooperative and will, you know, just willingly include it in okay. some future version. Yeah, I think that is a good idea. I don't think that going to cash is in any way a, a bad. Here's the thing: like, I think that there's a lot of hate for Bitcoin Cash, but like, Bitcoin Cash is a very. I mean, it it, it serves a lot of purpose. I have to say that like Segwit would not have been implemented if it weren't for Roger Veer farting on everybody's face. Um, he's a great villain. He's he's put himself out there as a foil, and as a result, like I think that the fact that we do have a Segwit implementation on Bitcoin. Is largely the result of him complaining stupidly, and and, uh, and uh, Jihan Wu, well, he's also a great villain. Yes, they're just like, oh, here he is. Oh, he's not even from this. Well, you know as well as I do that when Roger Veer makes criticisms. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Hello, I am Jihan Wu. Yeah, exactly. like when, right. when when wrong. Roger Veer makes criticisms. What are they up to over there? Right. When Roger Veer makes I'm a much better was, villain than either of those guys. Well, you, you could know, be. honestly, you you've got a lot. You got your work cut out. Daniel, you, you need you need a you need a darker, blacker cat in order to be <laughs> But I, like you, you hear whenever Roger Veer talks about Bitcoin, like he sounds like he has no idea how this thing works. His his entire premise is political, um, and yet he's mustered sort of the the crowd. Um, to like develop. Okay, I disagree. I think his premise is to make money. I think his premise is to get rich. That's he's that already rich. So that's that's I reject that premise. Uh, he's already made his money. His I think his entire premise is ideological. No, people who are rich want to get richer. <laughs> I think I I mean I really think he does uh, very earnestly believe all that stuff he says about economic freedom and um i think if he stuff. i think if he doesn't, doesn't i think if he doesn't i'd be astounded because like he he doesn't need like he's he's rich enough that he could just not do anything that's not and how he, being rich works <laughs> spoken like thinking, show conversation. me one rich person who doesn't want to get richer uh mark, mark, cuban, mark cuban was a great example of it and yeah. uh, he he sat basically idle in his mansion for like six or seven years before he uh he ventured back into the game and i think i oh, you know the he, gates foundation um everyone involved okay, with well, that he sounds he sounds like a good guy but i think, I think once th once you win the game like you, you 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 sometimes you turn it off you take a take a you take a a break everyone acknowledges that warren buffett and gates could have more <laughs> like they're like yeah. okay just buy okay you won uncle you know yeah. <laughs> wait a minute um, wait a minute but could could someone who could have more doesn't mean that they there, they were a, not they okay. were not in increasing their their net worth. Yeah, yeah, I'll put it this way: there, there's a point at which you can sit back and do nothing, I, I, and I, and make a billion or ten billion dollars a year, and no matter what you do, no matter how much effort you put into some other project, you will make a fraction. Yeah, yeah but you will still you will still spend some of your time maximizing your net worth, even if it is a smaller amount. The yeah, amount I of think time you are. I think you are either growing or dying, so you, it's hard to just shut it off and say that I've been making all this money for years, and now I'm just going to totally shut it off. But yeah, I think I don't think that that's different from the question of why is Roger Veer trying to get Bitcoin Cash 
I think he's ideologically aligned with them. I think that's, I think that's largely well, why. I think at this point, it's got to also be revenge-minded on all these people who have been just like being very, very, you know, nasty to him. Sort of all this. Um, there's a lot of vitriol around here, you know. Like he, he's done is all he's done a lot for Bitcoin itself. So it's like that's got to be like kind of. I if there's one thing I totally on 100% understand is the motivated good revenge motivation. I I just love that one. Maybe the three of us are just projecting our own motivations. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sorry, but to me the cult-like atmosphere of the the Bitcoin core community. Does does not look encouraging as an investment prospect. No, I me. agree. But is it really that much better in cash? It's. I was gonna like, say they're all the same, though, Daniel. Like every guys, one of. Sorry, I'm. Mean, I, I think. I think when I went to the Bitcoin Cash conference, that that's uh -oh. that I met. I met the the most people who are actually interested in real world problems. I don't know. I mean, when you look at like RBTC or something, you just see these these pylons that are that are very, very, very uninspiring. And I, and I would say oh, when I, well, yeah, you, you, can't, you can't listen to Reddit at all. Yeah. When I go to the Bitcoin conference, I meet the most investors. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that, I mean, I, well, and then of course, I think you must have noticed that. In, uh, investors that, aren't equal, okay? Well, I, I get that, but like, what, what do you mean real world problems? Because like, I, I think that they, I think that everyone is interested in solving, that everyone's here because of that. And I think that your point is well taken. That, like, I don't, I don't agree. Some people are, are like, I don't, don't agree at all. Any, yeah. Anybody who is not, so you were just talking about the plane metaphor. Uh, at the beginning of this discussion, okay? So the whole idea of the plane metaphor is that the uh, the people piloting the plane are not focused on on real world problems because they are piloting it from the ground. See, so that that's yeah. sort of that's sort of my my problem right there. Yeah, well, like it's not a real plane, and it's not you know it, like we can recover the state of the blockchain. No, I, I think it's a great metaphor. I think it's a great minutes. metaphor. No, I agree. That's what I'm saying. Is the people who put the they who use the plane metaphor are not using it right because they're saying that we're all we're all irreplaceable human beings. With so to to uh, me, I'm focusing on real world problems means talking about maximizing value by connecting uh uses that people would want in the in the outside world to two reasons that that people would want to yeah. buy the coin but think about this i give this example in the i can't remember which one i think i must have put it in post maximalism i give the example of, of two ways of doing that and both the large blockers and the small blockers were, were not interested in oh yeah I, I want you to explain that because i yeah that was something that i wanted to ask about so yeah tell yeah. me about the details for both both sides so i brought up the fork futures idea although i didn't have a great name for it and I, that was when i was getting called off the, the stage that josh was mentioning earlier but that was i had plenty of time to get through that first part though but i was saying that we should we could just do this thing um if you saw, uh, some people have been talking recently, including Mike Cron, who did the AMA, that it's really about governance. And as I was saying, it's really the, the debate is about over one thing. The scaling debate is about the, the actually the node costs and is not actually about um, transactions per second throughput. And so I said, you could do this fork futures thing where we would be able to tell which side would be more valuable after the fact. And then the miners would have to mine that because it's costing the same amount. 
of hashing to mine either chain, but they get more money with one than with the other. So if one is 10% more than the other, then you should get 100% of the mining revenue. It's not like it'll be split 60, 40 or 55, 40, 45 or something. It's just whichever one's more valuable that will decide the fate of the, the future of the project anyway. And the other one will stall out because it will, the difficulty will be too high. And so that I said all that stuff. That's all that, all that stuff that I said in 2015. That Came all to fruition. Up, it all ended up happening with Segway 2X. I, I think that... I think that right. the whole also, and I think that the Bitcoin cash thing showed us that miners are fundamentally rational on that as well. Like they were switching back and forth as it became more profitable to mine one or the other. Right, um, I think so too. Which which I thought was amazing. Like how fast, like the exactly. barrier, the barrier to right. moving chains is zero in this in these scenarios. And I found that to be just remarkable. That if there's liquidity there for the miners to like basically dump their coins. Um, or to sell or whatever they want to do, um, that they will make that rational decision. And they, they're they yes. quick mathematicians. Because Dan asked a specific question, yes. and I was careful to include this because I think it's very important, which is that we had with Segway2x, we had a, a situation where I said we should do these futures, and people ignored me again. And you even did a video about it, <laughs> Dan. And, and um, Well, wait, can now who, who are you talking about? Who, which, which people? Well, I it is difficult because the I exchanges. Think, yeah, like I I said that if someone wants to make propose a change, I said probably the onus would be on them to at least create these futures and show us that they're not arguing for the destruction of you know our wealth. So I think the status quo is worth something, and so it shouldn't be on you. But then I switched later on. I said, well, you know, you could do a lot of these great things, and it would be very quick and easy, very 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 efficient and simple. If we just had the exchanges do it. And it so happened that the exchanges ended up doing it at around that time. Uh, they didn't do it the, quite the way I wanted it to be done, but Bifinex and a couple people did simple versions of those futures markets. And they said that 1x would be more valuable than 2x. And in fact, they, it was split 85-15, which is basically still, if you take the market caps and add them together and divide them, 85-15 is kind of like very consistently what it what has been, which is which is kind of interesting, uh, just to note as a side fact. But but the point was, it said two x would only be worth fifteen percent or whatever, and the one x would be worth eighty five percent. And it, you would think that you would then call it off, um, or at least call it off as being a Bitcoin replacement, and say, well, this thing will be worth fifteen percent of some giant number, so we should still do it, but. It's not what the community wants. And so they were not interested in that. Uh, and so the, the large blockers have been on the losing side of the fork futures uh, consistently. And they don't uh, acknowledge that. Um, and they don't, they're not interested in when I try to help them out by saying, oh, okay, you can make the futures markets more accurate. So you could, you could what, just- What size help. block do you want? I could say like something like, um, you could say like you could say we're, yeah per block size you could say here's I could we can cancel out these confounding factors and then so you still have a chance you still have a tiny chance that the futures markets can say that you're in the right but they're never interested in that either uh, so the large blockers are never interested in the fact that they are not actually maximizing uh, what's value and then but this the other thing is that I mentioned the the coin voting where it's the reverse case where originally. We had this thing, the Bitcoinocracy, and it was totally pro-large block. 
and I, I distinct I can't find it, and I don't. I've been looking for it for months, but I can't find it. There's a part where Greg Maxwell is talking to Roger Veer on Reddit, and he tells him that um, that it's nonsense that uh, most people prefer small blocks because when you actually do the coin voting, uh, it's they favor small blocks, not large blocks. But then something weird happened where it flips. It, it flips like twice, and then you get all the people on one side start advocating for the metric, and then it flipped again, and all those people left. And right now, that metric, which is much worse than the fork futures metric, but that metric is totally overrun by large blockers. They uh, more coins statically voting at no risk to themselves, but more coins favor the for this, just for this narrow voting metric, so more coins will do the cheap talk of saying that they right. they want uh, larger yeah. blocks, but it doesn't matter that blocks. no one really cares. <laughs> so it's like it's a kind of a giant. Um, it's a, it's a giant like set. I would I would like to have fork futures for anything that tries to compete as a fork, because then you could get a really good glimpse as to you know where you really stand. But it's really hard to get people to. Be interested enough in adding them, and when, even when you add them, people just try to dispute the relevance, even though it's perfectly so, relevant. Okay, well, I, I, cause that's good you said that, because I was just about to uh, dispute the the relevance there, because right. I think I think that there there the uh, the different camps are competing in a lot of ways other than than block size. So I I agree that we should have a, a fork futures market. But uh, I, I don't I don't agree that if if you what, what I, I would like the future to to mean nothing more than a what whatever whatever protocol change is it it's supposed to be about. But but right now we've got uh, protocol changes and we've got uh, different different groups of people with, with different overall ideas about about what they think. Bitcoin is so. Uh, so I, I would argue that um, uh, it, it, the you would say that cash is is not only about a, a block size change, right? But are you saying it's a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just happy that there is is some kind of experimentation happening that is that is closer to uh, what I think is is intelligent. Are you are you an advocate, Daniel, of uh, bigger blocks? Is that? I, I am. I am an advocate of whatever will maximize the value of Bitcoin. Yeah, but I, I just like I, when you look at the Bitcoin Cash community. You know, I don't know. Like, I don't like. I just I don't really like either community. <laughs> I'm sorry to say at this point, it's like it's authoritarianism versus like communism. Well. I think in some ways, Paul, like the, the evolution of money is something that like there, like this is what I was saying, I said about our meetup groups. Like if Bitcoin works, this, this Bitcoin meetup group is going to be like a really stupid idea because it's going to be like having a, a, a dollar bill club, right? Like in some ways, the community eventually has to not matter if this is going to be a value, right? It has to eventually be sort of disambiguated from the fact that there is a Bitcoin core and a Bitcoin cash and like a Litecoin community. They have to just be like people that you, it just has to kind of be this ubiquitous sort of like medium of exchange, um, which is kind of a neat world to think about. But like, I think that's the reality that you're seeing is that you're just seeing a bunch of assholes enter and that's kind of what you want. 
I know. I know. I, I, I think you're right about that. It's good of you to say that because I think that you are kind of right. Like we are getting all of the. We are. Yeah, that is exactly. You want the assholes? Yeah. It's horrible though, but it is. They are. They're really good at being assholes. Well, you got. And, and what you have to do is you have to. You have to remove yourself from the fact that like you liked the Bitcoin community. We were early adopters. We were here before anyone else. And that was. You know, we we pushed this technology forward in the sense of like the fact that we were looking at it and touching it and using it and playing with it. And uh, I thought I think that I think that's a really neat position to have been in. But like it was for the masses. It's always been for the masses. And the masses are filled with idiots and assholes. And uh, and and the original the original Bitcoin group. I mean, I don't know that we were much different. It's just that we had at, we were assholes and idiots with like uh, a sort of specific goal in mind, and we were all we were all working toward it. Um, and that's not the case anymore. You know, it's the March of Dimes problem. When you when you solve the problem that you were formed to like create, um, you have to change. You have to change your purpose. And I think that Bitcoin's kind of that at that inflection point where like. The, the people that are here are no longer the ideologues. We're not here just because like, you know, you're not here because you're an anarchist anymore, right? You're here because like you want to make money. Um, you're not here. You're, you're, you're no longer breaking up with your boyfriend because he's mega into this Bitcoin thing. Now you're like having sex with him because he's mega into this Bitcoin thing and he's very rich. Um, so like, I mean, like there's just, there's, we're in a different world and, and the community is sort of a dead concept. I, or it be, I think it can die. I think it has to die in order for this to work. Okay, so I think this has been very helpful in, in general. I think Dan Kravitz gave the real advice, <laughs> but just try it. It's kind of like have a control group, really. It was just like you try it on both and a soft fork if possible, but make sure that it does exist with both communities. I think that is smart. I think so. I think that's better than the weird fusion experiment. Although I think it's funny to have that, and it's a good way to like recover if if people decide that they they change their mind about something. Or I think people will probably someone will probably do it anyway. Yeah, I think you should also do the fusion eventually. Maybe that should be <laughs> step two, though. Yeah, and, and Paul, no, I, just... I think I think you should be like a slime mold. Remember, you mm -hmm. you told me that Bitcoin is like a slime mold, so you should be like a slime mold. Yeah. That will that that that's better than having a good reputation. Okay, I think about that one. And, and to, to your point, I I think it's I think it's very hard to give. And, and I mean, like I think Daniel's advice is very good. For me, it's very difficult to give advice because, like, yeah. I think I think that we're talking incredibly nuanced uh, sort of uh, problems that have like all sorts of inputs. In, in, in all sorts of possible outputs. And um, it's very, like, you you won't know whether you're, this is the problem that you're at the start saying with uh, the sort of the Hayekian uh, under, you know, world where, like, right. you don't know that you're right until later on. And you don't even know that when the market or whoever decides you're right, you don't even know if, they, if it's right. Um, because, yeah. you know, like right now in America, for example, we're voting on all of these companies that are, are running profitlessly and have no prospects of profits ever in the future. Like, is the market right for like condoning that behavior? I don't know, but it seems to be working. And those people seem to be walking home with a lot of money. So like, it, it's difficult for me to like give you outright advice other than to just say, here's, and looking at like the writing and in the papers and from what I know about Bitcoin, here, here are the possible pitfalls because I don't know that there's a right answer. 
Well, very right. Well, that's the, you know that is the height. You're right. That's very smart of you to bring it up. See, I know you're trying that. to be dumb, but uh, you failed again. God and uh, you, the Hayek point is very good because it's like that is kind of a, a small contradiction. And we're coming here to try and pick. And, but did you see? Did you notice Dan Kravitz actually escaped the? He just said I should just do everything. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think I think his escaped advice. The question. Is, it's uh, it's you should do the Hayekian thing and do yes. everything. Okay, and then see which, which oh, idea wow, is Another so, okay, but that's not okay. What, you should also figure out the way to, you know, you were talking about it being a lot of work. I mean, you also need to minimize the amount the amount of work you're you're doing. Yeah. So, it's a it's a constraint. So you need to to uh, find out what is the the work that you can do that maximizes your ability to be like a slime mold. But but also avoid the false quadratomy. <laughs> Like I, I like there there's there there may be there may be a, a fifth solution, Paul. Like for example, have you have you bothered to pick up the phone and call Luke Dash Jr.? I know that's the thing is that, you know I really haven't because I just thought I was taking the hint, but you know that would be funny if that were. You, uh, you should not internalize that shit because like Luke is a busy guy, but he's also like he's got teeth problems, so you never know what like his. He might be at the dentist, at the dentist right? And maybe he just maybe he's been at the dentist for six days. Maybe he's the first time, first person ever to like be at the dentist as an inpatient. I don't know. And maybe 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 you're a real <laughs> asshole for not knowing that. So like maybe just pick up the phone and talk to him because like I bet you that he's he, there. There might be just a completely reasonable reason. Maybe he's got some issues with it that he uh, that that are legitimate and that uh, you haven't thought of yet. But there's there's probably a fifth, sixth, and seventh option. Um, that you haven't considered, and and per Daniel's principle of do everything, um, and and do the most efficient things. Uh, maybe one of them is the most efficient. Yeah, and you, you see, it's not just really about that though, because as I say in the paper, it's about this entire phenomenon, pervasive, years-long phenomenon of just not being as interested in this. I agree. I mean, right. you, I remember at Satoshi Roundtable. Yeah. Um, when I went in in my minor costume, uh, one of your frustrations yes. there was. Yeah, you looked really convincing as a Chinese miner. I did. I was a sombrero. <laughs> you had a sombrero. Well, and we, a were, we weren't ethnic miners. We were uh, we were Hispanic miners, um, coal miners, if you will. Uh, and 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 Man, it, you should have seen. You should have seen the look on my face. <laughs> well, I, I was him. the funniest thing was I was looking at I, like I was looking. You didn't know that we were there. I at didn't first even time. know the disguise was so strong. <laughs> I didn't even know it was them for like four or five seconds. I was reading. I was reading like all of the slack because I like it, it's funny because like a lot and of I people told us about this Satoshi Roundtable, and you're like, this is what happens because it was just like a bunch of stupid going. I'm like, this is what happens. They know a lot of John Seth and DeRozan, and uh, and and like sure enough, there we were outside as you guys no, came it out. Looks like I planned it. Looks like I knew that they it, would come. I really did not did. know at all. Paul the one who gave us the location so um but, but paul no like I, I do think that there's other options and i think your but your question there was like why isn't adam back reading my paper and that was a frustration that you had there and I, I i think that that's that's a frustration that is echoed sort of the entire project right you've you've been frustrated that the the, the science of what you're doing the the papers that you're writing um the good work that you're doing is sort of being ignored academically and i think that that's a, a legitimate frustration it's not so much that I mean people can you know they can use their own time, however they like. Of, of and course, I, I, do, I do a lot of writing. It's it's weird. I really do not do the writing so that other people will read it. I have to. It's you like obviously the, don't because it's so exactly. Funny. I know, and it is kind of obvious. You've got a Herman Melville novel every time you have like a fart. 
they are kind of like an encyclopedia, but it is like, it's just, I write them down to just make it clear in my head and then I just get it out of my head. You must so have I, the longest pooping sessions ever. I, Cause like, I that's the only place like, 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 like four hours later, like Paul, where were you? I was pooping and writing. Yeah, I was writing a blog. Writing a blog. <laughs> and, and so it is for, uh, I do it for my own benefit. Uh, but the, I think it is weird for people to make all these, people make these claims about, it, people do try to elevate their claims, which is, I think, uh, very hypocritical sometimes. So they say the community wants this or doesn't want that, but they're totally uninterested in like any objective measurements of like community sentiment. So that is one thing that I just think is just outright. Or they foist sentiment that is utterly idiotic because like a year from now that sentiment has changed, right? Right. And that the community like, is against that. At a certain point, there are like a basic offenses to like truth and... Um, you know, to like mankind that you just can't kind of be totally neutral about. You just have to be like, dislike it, dislike it mildly at least. So it's like you, so there are some things that I just think are kind of ridiculous, but, um, but yeah, I don't think, um, I think in particular the side chains thing, when you have something that has consumed so much effort, the scaling debate has consumed so much effort and all these people have like donated all this money to fund these conferences all this travel, and I just see kind of duplicity because it's like uh, there is like there are some mm, the, there's progress made on solving the real problem, uh, which I think is kind of being passed over for for wrong for bad reasons, which is bad incentive reasons. Um, because I think it's just it's, as I've explained, it is clearly not just about getting the transactions per second numbers up. It is about how do you make decisions with a community where people disagree with each other. And uh, so I had all this all this stuff to say about those more important questions and uh, people aren't interested in it. And those people also charge, you know, they're also like consultants who are paid by the hour. So I'm not exactly sure what, you know, or there are people who just think that they have giant egos and they're really great. So I, it's hard to know what to do with that. Well, I definitely think that I have a giant ego and that I'm really great. <laughs> I, have a, I have a tiny id. <laughs> <laughs> I have a tiny super ego. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I have to go record John Seth's world, Paul. Oh, great. Okay. Getting into that. Oh, this is like... Uh, this is <laughs> What is this? This is John Seth's. Um, this is the precursor. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take the audio from this. I'm gonna put it up for us too. So, um, I think it's a great discussion, frankly. Oh yeah, no, it's been really helpful for me. I actually, I actually got the real advice that I am actually very happy with this, and I'm glad that you brought up um, the conflict of interest because that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to both of you is that I, I didn't really know exactly what on earth to do because there are so many objective and subjective reasons. The whole thing is a weird. The whole thing is a weird problem because you're you're trying now to appeal to a whole new set of people who never really gave a fuck about side chains, right? Noobs, the the new people here, they weren't they, they've ne they didn't yeah. go through the emotional response uh, that we all did when side chains were announced. They did they don't they don't understand that these things are cool and important and that there was a world where like everyone everyone was amazed by the possibility of side chains there was and a day when reverse the right. like the constant annoyance when you would have like the next dan larimer project would roll around and, you'd and, and there like, was oh and there was a day when side chains really were like i mean you should have you should have heard people like this like everything was possible on side chains 
every fucking thing. And they were the magical fruit. 2014, they did a Let's Talk Bitcoin, I think, or something like that. And then I think Adam Back says something like, we believe that this is the most important thing for anyone to work on ever or something. It's like December 2014 or something. You can look that up. It's like, it's a, you can Google it. It's Googleable. The only, the only thing, the also. only thing that has ever been more hyped than sidechains, by the way, was Circle. <laughs> that's and that's another, what about, what about, um, uh, what the heck is, well, I mean, Ethereum was so hyped. Uh, oh, so fuck yeah. Like, but no one remembers Circle. I mean, do you remember, do you remember Circle? How like that dominate, like it was going to change the world. And like, I was like, this is fucking Coinbase. I mean, honestly, just like just like blockchain alone, is so much hype too. That's well, now, yeah. Too. But like, I just mean in the Bitcoin community. Like, I I just think that the, the the weird issue that you're running into here is that you're like contending with the fact that like you have a bunch of new people who don't really know what this technology does, and and they're they're enamored with new things. They're enamored with Lightning Network. They've not seen sort of the hype cycle of Bitcoin, where like every new idea is the most important idea ever created, and that every single new idea is going to be the be all and end all right, savior yeah. of yeah. the entire. Well, as soon as we get masked, it'll all be everything. Will, everything will be different. The sky will be green. And uh, Mimble Wimble had it. Mimble Wimble was proposed to like, holy fuck, this is going to change everything. And I mean, like, Bitcoin fungibility is something that hasn't really been touched. It's funny. I just just thought of something. I just thought of something. Why didn't I bring this up earlier? Sorry, real quick. Because you just thought of it, Daniel. We were just (laughs) talking about, well, Paul was saying earlier, I think if you're going to make a fork, you should do a fork futures. So you should start by making a fork futures of. The forks that include drive chains. No, but I would and- like. I, that's. I was trying to say that I would like to, but it's very difficult to like convince people that they should do that. And yeah, I don't know if like, if I would, do, if it would be like a good idea to try to, like, ask them very nicely and then offer money or something. But like, it's really hard to get people to actually because you need the for, the fork futures are you kind of run into the same counterparty problem where it has to be like people are trusting you with your you're like keeping track of everyone's money so. You have to basically go, you either have a, a weird problem to solve, a new problem, or you need a, uh, an exchange to help you. So you need to get an exchange to agree to do this. The exchanges, they're making all this money off of like, you know, Ethereum. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Well, I, I, how, how, just, I, I guess we should just say that we would, we would enjoy having that information available if anyone were to uh, create such, such a conflict as your your project is uh, proceeding. So that's interesting is that you could create the, <laughs> the big conflict and then hope that it draws the futures markets in. <laughs> that would be great. Um, yeah. Uh, you should pay attention to Craig Wright's cult leader techniques. I was going to say, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I wouldn't get a chance to bring it up because we were talking about core cult. And now it's like, now it's like, what the heck, you know? Now I think I think Craig Wright is simply an independent cult leader. Um, yeah, he's the cult of Craig or something. But I strongly yeah. I strongly want him to be Satoshi. By the way, I've been thinking about this a lot because it would just be just it would just like it would be like the season seven finale, and it would just be like, oh my god, like what could possibly happen after? Well, that? no, like what I what I like is this. So like right like there's two kinds of Satoshi that are excellent. Number one, um, well, three kinds. Number one is the elected Satoshi. Right now we have the elected Satoshi. Like that's every few years, people get to throw their hat in the ring and they they duke it out. Uh, we had Dorian Nakamoto for a while, and and now we have Craig Wright. Um, the second one is the anonymous Satoshi, which is what we had at the beginning, 
Um, we elected an anonymous Satoshi. Very, very mythical, yeah. He's mythical. Yeah. The, the the third one is the real Satoshi, and like the real Satoshi somewhere who has a shady just, past. Right. Well, well, the, the yeah. thing is, this like like Craig Wright is an objective dum dum, and like all that it would prove is that you can be really stupid and sometimes stumble on a great idea, and then <laughs> what everyone would be like, well, that's fine, it's fine. Like yeah. he, he, that means that it's we are a, free. It's we are free. Hominem. Right. Yeah, we're we're completely free from these like ideas of early Satoshi, like the idea of the vision of Satoshi. Oh, like we don't need to worry about that because Satoshi was really stupid, and, and he just happened to have. We have a, we have a lot of trouble agreeing with Craigus, right? Even if he, I'm, right, even if, if he was Satoshi, right? And if he's if he's Satoshi, you can disambiguate the stupid ideas from like the fact that like Bitcoin works, yeah, and that would be just fine. That's a good point, Josh. It would be, it would be educating the world about ad hominem fallacy. I've been okay, masturbating wait, a lot lately, Paul. About my conversation that I had with with Craig Wright. Oh my God! Because what you said, what you said is that he is an objective dum dum. But one thing that I noticed from his Twitter account is that he makes references to the movie Being There. And if you've watched the movie Being There, you Putting know that there's right no now. such thing as an objective dum dum. I, I haven't that, seen that movie. So you need to see the movie being there. And, and I and so um But Daniel, in my world, everyone's an objective dum dum. That's oh, okay. that's my well, thesis. So. Sorry. That's, ironically, that's like that's really that. the call that's the call popper thesis. So, I like oh, so my conversation with him, all I did was I asked if he likes the movie being there just to confirm that he was doing uh references, references on Twitter and he said yes, he likes being there. <laughs> I, well, I, I think that's the most profound conversation that anyone's ever had with Craig Wright. I'm, not, I'm definitely, I know what I'm doing later today. My favorite thing, by the way, my favorite interview with him is when he says that we can put trash on the blockchain and so that you can know who's littering. That's the super old one, right? That's, that's a super old interview. Like when I, when I go up to Bitcoin, Bitcoin didn't have a price. <laughs> I, I, I should say I should say he did not specifically say that he enjoys the movie being there, but he he smiled as if he was remembering the movie. And if you oh, have seen the movie, you know that that is the perfect response. Okay, I'm gonna have to watch this movie. I know, like I have no choice but to watch it. I have a, I have a sick dream where I want someone to do on like national TV to interview me and say, uh, John Seth, when how, what was the price of Bitcoin when you arrived? And I just want to I want to sit there and say stare directly at the camera. When I got the Bitcoin, Bitcoin didn't have a price, and just leave it at that, and then just like leave it for the Bitcoiners to decide. Yeah, just pretend that as uh, you say that as if you are unaware of how utterly and, bizarre. It and sounds. I'm gonna and I'm gonna look I'm gonna look into the like the future and just be when I got there, mm, Bitcoin yeah. didn't have a price. And yeah, then I'm gonna price. and I'm gonna launch into rhetoric about how Bitcoin is going to solve the trash problem. I'll just re-give so, his interview no, for Bitcoin. Great. Great. It's it's similar to my Baron's horse semen article. Yeah, that's but. not at all. Oh, that was that was a wonderful article. <laughs> Second of all, my favorite Craig S. Wright interview is when he says that he will he's doing this once and that he will never be in front of a camera again. Right. And then that's that's proceeded. Proceeded. Oh my god. Proceeded. I haven't seen be that. in front that's of the amazing. camera. Oh, you have to. It's it's the it's it's the, the best interview. One. It's oh, the most. It's the one where he's like swearing at everyone. What's and... funny about that interview is I read about that interview in that like long form piece about which Craig is amazing. Wright. And it's absolutely required reading if you want to know anything about Craig S. Wright. His own mother says that he's a pathological. Oh yeah, yeah. She's she's like I love him. I love my son, but he makes up a lot of shit. <laughs> so, um, but that 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 entire and and that he believes it full on. Yeah, and then yeah. N Chain like fires him at one point in the story. Uh -huh. I couldn't believe what I was reading. And then it was I, an amazing, the, amazing story. Dollars to like bail him out of uh, debt tax. And yeah. then I like immediately like 
had to like tweet that as soon as the, I found that. The it's whole like, the whole story is amazing, but I read about it in there, and then the actual interviews were released, and like the, what to me uh, what that did is it confirmed a lot of the story because like it was the most honest account of that interview that I could have ever read. I was like, oh my god, this guy just kind of like just wrote what happened. Yeah, yeah, that, that a lot of people wonder if you books guy. That is that man is an unimpeachable third witness, third party witness to the. He was hired by N Chain. He appears to have total integrity. You gotta just believe every word. Uh huh. It's and, the most and, believable thing. You've and ever and seen. in the end, he does a journalistic like sort of Pete Rizzo thing, where he's like, "I don't know." Exactly right. So know. Know. It's for you to decide. I don't know. He's a fucking flawed dude, but like nice maybe guy. I don't know. I can't evaluate the central claim, but I can tell you a lot of weird shit happened, and, and you just read about it. So and when he read, I don't he, know. These funny little sentences that are like comma unaware of the blatant <laughs> duplicity or something that or the confusion in the room period and you're just like man and what and what strikes me what strikes me about that entire uh, account is that uh it, it seems that like well it, it, so mr Gosh, one two three four you one sec yes greatest thought you have to interview that guy you absolutely have to i would love to find him an interview you gotta find him an interview i, I would love to i mean the, the writer right yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, the guy wrote the, that long form thing. The, the Mr. Yes. 1234 QWERTY ASDFG says, so much fun. He uh, Craig Wright did a horrible thing to Gavin. Um, and you treat him like this funny prankster. Well, here's the thing. Here's he the thing about Craig Wright. Thing. Yeah, he did a horrible thing to Gavin. Right. And I think that Craig Wright fully believes that he did it to prove something that he, he felt like he needed to prove. I think that he fully believes that he is Satoshi. That would be interesting. I, I, I think I think he is a classic sociopath. I think what happened, Paul, is I think Craig probably had something to do with the early paper. I think he probably reviewed it. Uh, he, he may have just weirdly had just enough to do with it, but, and he but, knows that those other people if, are dead or something. If you've ever right, and 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 maybe he knows who Satoshi was. But like, if you know anything, if you've ever been in a play and you have, and you're a shitty actor like me, and you're given a small part. You will you will find very quickly that you are able to convince yourself that the play would not be able to happen if it weren't for you, and I think that's what's happened with him. I think that all of these things, like I think he doesn't know how to use a private key, but he doesn't think that that matters because, like that, he you know he's Satoshi and he he's going he's willing to go to any length to prove that he is who he thinks he is. It's a good idea. I think that's worth thinking about. That he may have had some kind of involvement and he's just kind of like edging out and he's just seeing what he can get away with and he's i don't think he's seeing what he can get away with i think that he thinks that like the project couldn't have happened without him that's oh, that's I so interesting that. because yeah. to me he looks like he's obviously someone who is seeing what what he can get away with so i i i don't know how how we can uh look at him and uh get because such I different different opinions about it because I think that I think that it's going to be it's a different if it's a difficult claim to make to to be such a public persona who doesn't full on believe what you're saying. But and, I think that he knows that he can get away with it because he's seen the movie being there. Yeah, <laughs> Seth watches this movie now. It's, it's, the, only, it's the only the central, the central movie of Bitcoin being there. All right. I know it's funny, Josh. I thought you and Chris had it locked down all of the pop culture of Bitcoin. I thought it was just all. Well, I thought we invented. I thought we invented the pop culture of Bitcoin, but I apparently, okay. But, okay. but, but you, you know, being there. You know how Christians will say, um, "Well, nobody would claim to be God." Even the other people that back then just said that they were like, you know, uh, not not divine. They were just prophets. prophets. You know. So, that's so that's based on a fundamental argument from C.S. Lewis, by the way, which in which he says either Jesus was a Lord, lunatic, or liar. Right. Yeah. And so Craig Wright knew that people would think that. 
I don't think so. And I, and I think, I think that, he, I think he did. Okay. Well, that, <laughs> I, I, I think no that way to know for sure, but that's kind of stakes, some way to eventually the highest stakes sure. bet in the world for him to have made. No, to, there, I don't think there is a way to know for sure because he will, if you ask him that he will always just answer whichever way puts him, makes him look smartest. But, but Daniel, retro assume that nobody would come out and say that they are Satoshi in addition. I mean, it's, 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 he's playing mafia in the most amazing way to assume that nobody else is going to come out and say, I am Satoshi or that Satoshi wouldn't log into one of his old accounts and say, Craig Wright, isn't me or, 